What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. It's the Quiet Storm. Shout out to the Coach Gang. Pause. And that's you. For being here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the Wake Up Show, part of the Free Agent Lifestyle Podcast. Here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. Shout out to the Nasty Boys and the Ten Toes Up gang, ladies. I just noticed that one of my lights are on. What's going on? Turn off the lights. Doom, doom. Light a candle. Turn it on in the back. I said, turn it on in the back. Let there be light. And God said, let there be light. And there was light on the very first day. Mm. All right. Hey, man, you can tell I grew up in the church. You know what I mean? When I was a teen in the church. And God said, let there be light. And there was light on the very first day. By the way, we about to get a little bit spiritual in the building, man. We about to get spiritual in the building. Let me put up the topics. You see the topics there. Uh, rent's due. Hey, and <laughs> Your rent's due, motherfucker. Christian CGA. <laughs> Christian CGA, at times, I will come out with that Bible principle and thump you over the head. This is going to be a tough show. I'm, I'm just going to say right now. We're going to talk about some very sensitive topics, racial stereotypes, not just of black people, but of all people. Um, we're going to talk about that. That's going to come in women and men uh, stereotypes, uh, black men and women. We're going to talk about stereotypes, international stereotypes, because this Lizzle story, it needs to be addressed. We're going to talk about the Sapphire, the Mammy and the Jezebel of uh, the stereotypes that a lot of people who are deaf, dumb and blind don't realize that that's what they're watching right now. And we see these stereotypes being played out infinitely on social media and a lot of people are unaware of what they're doing out here and i'm not trying to correct anybody's behavior but you're specifically unaware of what you're doing out here okay um i actually uh took a class in college by i always told you about this college class that i took about uh representations of particularly black people in the media and um even our rappers are doing a stereotypical performance of step and fetch it or sleep and eat, if you will. Uh, some of the mumble rappers who are doing the eh, and showing the grill and doing all of this stuff, they're doing a stereotype of caricature that has been presented in the media uh, through the menstrual circuit for a long time. And Lizzo is that. Lizzo is that. She's an age, agent of chaos. She's actually doing this, perpetrating this fraud out up into um, everyone else. She's capitalizing on it. I'm not hating on it. She's capitalizing on, on it. But we're living a modern-day menstrual show. Absolutely. Absolutely, Slim uh, KG. This is a modern day menstrual show, and Lizzo is a menstrual character. If you guys don't know what that is, we're gonna break all of that down. That's gonna be the last story, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be hard hitting stuff. All right, I, you know I don't shy away from many hard hitting topics, but I need to address this because uh, some of the things she's doing, people are saying, "Oh, she twerked with a flute." It's much more important than that. It's bigger than that. She's basically being pushed as an agent of chaos, and then a menstrual uh, putting on a modern day menstrual show. For the people, okay, and the people think this is some sort of empowerment or something like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the flute thing—we're going to talk about how she's mocking the history because, listen, let's just say a white character took something, uh, ancient artifact from Native Americans or Africans from slave days, and they twerked on stage with it. You know what I mean? Like, what? What was the Miley Cyrus did some shit like that? It, it would be uh, people that would be an uproar. But what they're doing is actually trying to break down the American history and whatnot. And they're using the minstrel. They're using the sapphire, the, the mammy to do so. All right. So these are very big. Everything is uh, symbolism. OK, 
Um, some people will say it's not that deep. Okay, but let me tell you something. She, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than Atlantis, as my boy, uh, brother Jay used to say. It's deep. How deep? Deeper than Atlantis. Deeper than the seafloor. Travel by the mantis. Yes, indeed. The copycats will never know. <laughs> All right, shout out to you, man. Every time I break out a song like that, the pro blacks be like, well, coach must not be as a sellout as I think he is. <laughs> All right. The pro blacks be like, wait a minute. Sometimes brother coach be talking about sometimes coach be talking about the 5%. Sometimes coach will break out some X clan and some public enemy. We thought coach was just a uncle Tom shuffling pro black. I mean, uh, uncle Tom, that's what they thought, but you don't know how deep this goes. How deep? Deeper than Atlantis, deeper than the seafloor, trapped by the mantis. The copycats will never know. Yeah, this is Brother Greg in the building. I can do some shuffling, too. Look out, man. What you going to do? Look out, boys. It's coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Indeed. Uh, Brother J, 5% CGA in the building. Oh, by the way, um, uh, rest in peace to Coolio. That was a shocker. All right, Coolio, uh, rest in peace to the Coolio, Coolio with the flow. I was rolling with Coolio back when he was with WC in the mad circle. WC in the mad circle, and then he broke out on his own on Tommy Boy with that big hit. Um, he had another hit, Welfare Line, and another one, uh, Gangster Paradise. Those were his big hits, but rest in peace to Coolio, man. That was that was crazy news. I was at the uh, hockey game last night, somebody told me, and then I can hear everybody reacting around me, and then the hockey arena actually played Anytime they played a song in an intermission, it was Coolio. So I thought that was a cool tribute last night um, at the Golden Knights game that they did that. So uh, anyway, man, those are the so those are the subjects for today. Do me a favor if you want to contribute to today's show. Dollar Sign CGA Live is how you do it. That's how you do so on the Cash App on Venmo. It's Coach Greg Adams TV, um, and um, on PayPal it's PayPal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams. But I'll put that again once again. Uh, link that at the top of the live chat. That's what I'll do and see if I can do it. Yes, I can remember lyrics, but names, names, no bueno. <laughs> right? Names are no good. All right. And oh, also, if you want to contribute via Super Chat, I know you guys love Super Chat. You can hide your no government name and um, you could do that. Uh, you can do um, that on the Notorious CGA channel. All right. The Notorious CGA channel. Um, if you can't find that, you can probably go to, let me see how, I'm going to tell you how you can find that. Some people are like, I can't see the super chat window. All right, here it is right here. You can see right there, there's a notorious CGA channel. So if you're on the free agent lifestyle channel now, just go to feature channels and you'll see the notorious CGA channel there and all the rest of my channels here on the YouTube. All right. So you got that. Now let me get to the earlier contributors to today's show. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Oh, man, we got uh, Surge Lifestyle. I always looks like Suge Knight, right? The worst, my worst nightmare is Suge Knight. Suge Knight will come up. All right, on me. But Surge Lifestyle says Mackenzie Scott files for divorce from her second husband, and they're not happy out I'm here. not happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they're not happy. I covered that yesterday, last night. Some last night's show is actually was on the thumbnail of last night's show. So I won't cover it today unless we really need to break it down again. But uh, Mackenzie Scott Bezos, two-time loser. And she follows statistically the pattern that I tell you. Statistically, that's how it's going to go. I'm sorry. Statistically, 
Second marriages are worse than first marriages. She already was a loser on the first marriage. Not only she was a loser on the first marriage, she already lost the second marriage within less than less than a year and a half. And not only that, not only that, statistically, uh, 63% of second marriages go left and they go left fast. All right. It's within three years that divorce goes down. And uh, now she's the problem. We're looking at you, Mackenzie. Before we was looking at Jeff like, you cheater. How could you cheat on that woman after 19 years? Now, all of a sudden, we looking at her two-time loser. We looking at her like, yo, <laughs> you you was the problem the whole time. It was like the Scooby-Doo, um, the Scooby-Doo zombie. You was introduced to the to the character up front, and they was the good guy. And you was like, oh, Mr. What Mr. Buttersworth. He was the hotel, he owned the hotel. And he was like, This hotel's been in my family for 35 years. And he was like the sympathetic character at the beginning of Scooby-Doo. And then all of a sudden, throughout the rest of the show, he disappears. And all you see is a monster. Oh, oh, leave the hotel. Leave the hotel. You know what I mean? Daphne and uh, what's the dude's name? Fred sitting around. We need to solve this mystery. Scooby-Doo and Shaggy trying to get the hell up out of there. And they like, well, if you if you stay, if you stick around and help us find, solve this case, We'll give you a Scooby snack, and they they solve the case. Jinkies, zoinks, and then all of a sudden, they catch the zombie. They put him in the zombie trap, and they take the zombie's mask off, and it's the hotel owner, Mr. Buttersworth. Well, hey, Mr. Buttersworth, what you doing? I thought this hotel was in your family for 50, 11 years. Now, why are you trying to run us out? He was like, well, I would have ran you out if it wasn't for you meddling-ass kids. You know what? That's Mackenzie Bezos. What? Zoinks? Mackenzie, it was you the whole time. <laughs> you was the problem the whole time. Hey, Mackenzie, you was the problem the whole time. Okay, people made Jeff to be out the damn thing. We were introduced to you as the sympathetic character. Oh, Mackenzie, man, she got screwed over by your boy Jeff Bezos. Meanwhile, Zoinks, it's you. And that's you. <laughs> Man almighty. Meanwhile, it's you. And by the way, that's how it normally is in marriages. Never listen to a divorced woman. She ain't saying nothing but propaganda. Nothing but propaganda. Rut row. Rut row. McKenzie. Rut row. Mm. <laughs> yeah, man. It ain't Jermaine's fault. It's McKenzie's fault. It is all McKenzie. McKenzie. <laughs> all right. Anyway, good Lord. Mackenzie, you're a two-time loser. By the way, if you want to come lay on my couch and let me rub your feet, I'm all gay. I'm gay. I'm gay. You look like you have some so-so pretty feet. You're f probably your feet's better, your best feature. All right, here we go. Classy Beat says, the thing that annoys me about Lizzo is that she's not um, objectively talented. She's just fat. At least when Jennifer Hudson was fat, you can look past it because... She can sing. He says Lizzo was completely useless. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't listen to her music enough to know what her talent is. I know she can play the flute and people say she's talented playing the flute, but nobody cares about flute players. I mean, listen, it's not like there's a skinny flute player out here that's killing it. And it was like, let's put the uh, reverse. It's not like flute players are out here just going nuts. And we was like, we need another flute player. Nobody cares. I mean, she could play a flute, but. There's nobody up there making millions of dollars playing flute that is visible. So they're using that as a, a, a cover. Well, she is talented. She can play the flute. Okay, when was the last time you paid 
to see anybody play the flute. When was the last time you was like, damn, I just really love the flute? Nobody, they're using that as a cover, <laughs> as to try to explode her talent. She is talented. She can sing and play the flute. Nobody cares about no flute. Matter of fact, nobody in, in, in a symphony, they don't care about the flute. They got every, they got a 50, 11 cymbal players and two flute players. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I don't know how many flute players they got. All right. So uh, El Chino says, gibberish. I can do some shuffling too. Yes, indeed. Daniel McGee says, coach, let me hear you doing that. Wait. I think you say here, but it's here. Let me hear you doing that. Like that old lady from last night's show, my warm embrace. I can't. I can't mess. I can't do a woman like that. Let me wrap you in your warm embrace. <laughs> I got to I got to clip that. We got to clip that audio. Stormy says some Freemasons say symbolism contains the levers and pulleys to the soul in order to enslave humanity. Oh my goodness. New 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 world order. All right, uh, here we go. Uh, boy, we're going to get weird. Jorge Cruz, the McKenzie Scott Basil divorce shows that hypergamy is undefeated. She was sick of the uh, the focused, successful man. She got the good man, and in a few years, uh, she's scramming. Yeah, she tried to live humbly. Oh, I'm going to live humbly. Who needs, who needs $50-11 billion when I can be with a good man? You're such a good man. You're willing to be submissive to me. You're a teacher. You're the common man. I'm just a common man. <laughs> Waking up for the man. I'm the American dream. And she's like, you the common man. And she was like, oh, hell no. Hey, common man. Oh, hell no. No, no, no. Hell no. She couldn't deal with that shit. She was like, hell no. Remember, women, Chris Rock said, women can't go backwards in lifestyle. Women cannot go backwards in lifestyle. She was like, shit, I was living the dream. I ain't going backwards. No more. Nope. Shout out to Jorge. ACDC says, oh, man, y'all brothers are supporting. Shout out to the coach, Ops, Mitch Gumberg, Major Simpson, and Hammond Egger. Hammond Egger. He says, also the freeloaders who want to ride because it's on the way anyway. Yeah, I told you that story. Yeah, thank you. Chris Zambrano, child support sent my new employer a letter to Garnage. Garnish wages two months ago, but the employer hasn't sent a dime. I'm now late on payments. Let's give you the. Yeah. Uh, so now your driver's license about to be suspended. So. Crazy. Zoe, Zoe man says, hey, coach, I'm 18 and I'm thinking about joining the money mindset group on Patreon. What do you think? Uh, it could be up to you. It could be up to you. I mean, you got to get a job first. I don't know. I mean, it might not be ready for that because, or you might be ready if you're entrepreneur mindset. If your mindset is entrepreneurial and you want to learn some things about running businesses, we talk about discretionary income, disposable income. We break that down. We talk about tracking budgets. This could be good information for you now. Uh, but if you're not there, hold off for a second. I don't, I'm not here to just take no 18 year old's money. All right. I want you to be in the right mindset before you join. So what I would say is before you, if you, if you are in the entrepreneurial mindset, join, if you're not, and you don't have the money and you tight and you thinking about buying a pack of non-laters, you're like, damn, that's going to cut into my non-later bu budget. 
that's going to cut into my corn chip budget. I like corn chips and nominators and sodas. <laughs> all right. But uh, shout out to you. Think about that. If if not, watch all the Blue Chip Mindset series. All right. Shout out to you. Gunslinger says, I've never, wait, I have been seeing other channels using your exact talking points, wording all the way down to meat. Oh, my God. And saying to live the free agent lifestyle. Oh, my goodness. He says, keep putting the gumps in the Cobra Clutch and men hold the line. Wow. I haven't been catching that. I saw some people getting somewhat close. But, um, hmm. That's interesting. Anybody else see that? I haven't seen that. They're, they're bot channels. I think they're channels that are, you never see the person, right? Wow. You know what? Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. I believe that they would call it. So that is what it is. But if they start trying to monetize that, then I'm going to be like, what? Well, we need some conversations because it's all trademark. Christopher's in the building. He says, Thanks, coach, for discussing the symbolism. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to get down into it. And if you guys have some deeper, deeper information, we can definitely discuss that, too. Almost done. We got two more uh, places to get all these super chats. I'm starting to sound like the lead attorney. <laughs> Shout out to the lead attorney in the building who does about two hours of super chats before he gets to the topic. Hey, man, shout out to you. Hey, man, no, listen, we're not beefing. I got money. We're not beefing. We all got the same YouTube uniform. We all got the same. <laughs> shout out. I know TLA. The lead attorney's like, man, don't start beef with me. No, I'm not starting beef. I'm not starting. It's not beef. But you watching this show, you're like, he about to get into it. You know what I mean? And then he's still doing super chats. You're like, uh. <laughs> I know, man. Shout Hey, I owe you one lead attorney. I just had to do it. It's, we just joking. Please, it's not a beef. You t Hey, he. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's the dude. He's the man over there. All right. A couple more. All right, Albert Ingram, he says, uh, been real busy past couple of days and haven't been able to catch up a live on a live stream. By the way, he sponsors today's show. All right, he says, hopefully this sponsors today's show. It is, it does. He says, much respect to you and appreciate everything you are doing for us men. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man, for sponsoring today's show in here. Oh, by the way. I'm rich, indeed, indeed, where we at here? I'm not throwing shade. People are always going to say that's throwing shade. That's my lead attorney. Cheers. Cheers, man. Shout out to you. That's no shade. All right. My friends overcharge. I forget what your other name is. So I keep having to charge and say that. Personally, I'll let tattoos slide because I'm tatted up too. But them damn eyelashes, man. Nope. He says immediately disqualified. I like my watches. Plain Jane. Yes, I do too, man. I'm a plain Jane junkie. I'm a plain Jane junkie. Hot chicks, we're going to talk about hot chicks in a minute. Hot chicks are like toilet tissue to me. I need it, I'll use it, but I'll dispose of it pretty quickly. I don't keep hot chicks around too long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Toilet tissue is a need. There's a need for toilet tissue. There's a need. Then there's a usage. Then there's a discard, right? That's kind of how I look at hot chicks. They're just for temporary usage. When there's a need, sometimes you need it bad. Sometimes you need a double hand full of them, <laughs> but you don't need to keep them around very long. They definitely for wet wipe usage. 
they community. Hey, hot chicks, we're gonna show you this. In hot chicks, y'all community property at best. Shout out to our boy, my Nigerian brother in the building. He says, uh, we're gonna call you Mr. E.K. Buike. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your name. We're gonna call you Mr. E.K. Buike. He says, I had a company-wide meeting at the job today, and someone asked why there are no women and non-binary people in the C-suite, which is the CEO and the CFO, et cetera. The CEO responded, we're working on it. Uh-oh. New, 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 new world order. Why are they working on it? You know why? Because somebody called them out. And now they're going to have to go ahead and do the old agenda, the old tap dance, and bring in some people over you, over you, work hardworking brothers. And now you're going to lose out on opportunities. I got three more for real. I got, I got three more. We're going to get into the show. All right. Shout out to Mr. Williams in the building. He says, come on, coach. He says, come, coach, come save the community. They can't stick with anything. First, they were canceling the NFL because of Kaepernick. Kaepernick. He says, last year, they were excited about Dr. Drizze and Snoop performing at the Super Bowl. And this year, they're excited about Rihanna performing. Players still can't kneel, and Kaepernick don't have a job. Yes, they were only boycotting for social media. Go Cowboys. Yeah. Hey, listen, the last significant boycott there ever was was the Montgomery boycott. Everything else, the Montgomery bus boycott. Everything else is just symbolism. People talk fast. They talk a lot of noise. They talk loud and ain't saying nothing, as James Brown said. You talking loud and ain't saying nothing. Jay Cool in the building. The Dolphin fans going to be shuffling when they lose to the Cincinnati Bengals tonight. Please give them the shuffling clip. I won't do that. But we're going to say who they in the building. Shout out to everybody in Cincinnati, or we call it Thugganatti over here. We call everybody in Thugganatti. Last one, and we'll get on to the show. We'll kick it off. Oh, do me a favor. Hit the like button in the building. Kaylin says, some notable two-time divorcees is Kaylee Kuko. That's the blondie from the Big Bang Theory. We're going to talk about the blonde, uh, white women stereotypes. And uh, Scarlett Johansson, who's married, currently married for the third time. I didn't realize that, too. He says, why can't women admit that they're bad at marriage themselves? Well, they don't have to admit it. They All they have to do is this. It is all Jermaine's fault. It's always Jermaine's fault. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's always Jermaine's fault. So that they can just blame you. They can just blame you, right? 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 And that's you. All right, let's get to the show. All right. Hey, uh, listen, it is almost the 30th. Uh, it is September. I believe September only has 30 days. Am I not mistaken? Your rent's due, motherfucker. All right, let's play a clip from a real estate agent. Her name is Glenda. She's going to talk about how rent is outpacing you. By the way, I had a date with a nice little pretty little Blasian thing. And uh, she, she, you know, the first couple of times that I was met up with her, you know, she was humble. She was like, you know, I'm entrepreneur starting my business. I'm getting in dabbling in this and dabbling in that. About the third time I met her, it's always this game. All of a sudden, it goes into this. Well, things are being tough. I just don't know how I'm going to make it to the next month. Seems like things are changing around me pretty fast. Facing eviction, my car is going to get repossessed. My dog needs surgery. It's going to cost 10 bands. And my mother, she has cancer. My grandma died. <laughs> You're like, oh, my Lord. Listen. Your rent's due, motherfucker. All of a sudden, it's like the same thing. And not only that, when you're dealing with junior college women, you could be going on dates. 
I've actually warned you about dating normies. They do the exact same thing. They strong, independent. You date them. You meet them at the park, Starbucks. They cool. Oh, I'll split the bill with you. You take them to Raising Cane's. They'll split the bill with you. Third time you meet up with them, it's going to be this. You go back to their apartment and it's, well, you know, it's been tough. I've been struggling, you know, it's just been stressful. Things have been, you know, life, bills. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, what happened? You was all strong and independent and you had a job and all of this stuff. I've flown myself to Paris. I've done Greece. I've island hopped. I've done all of that. Remember you was island hopping? Remember you went to Jamaica? <laughs> Remember you just got your new Nissan Altima and you were showing it off? That's what you were showing me. Oh, I got me a new car. Then... Three dates later. Oh, man, I just it's been real stressful. I don't know how to make it to the next day. You know, September 30th, October 1st is right around the corner. I'm a little short and I hold something and I'd be like, oh, OK, listen, sounds like we have a deal. I'd be like, hey, listen, sounds like the act. It sounds like we have a deal. Because the actual retail price is. Yeah, we have a deal. We have a deal. Hey, the actual retail price is. <laughs> Sounds like you are headed to the dark side with me, huh? So go ahead and uh, face and pillow two ass up and we can make a deal. It's all good. Huh? And they get the shuffling. Well, wait a minute. Well, well, I just want to hold something. I figure, you know. My pure presence alone was the table. And I figure you didn't have nothing going on. You didn't have anything better to do. Nobody's throwing you no tail. I'm not going to throw tail to you now. I just want to hold something. Mm. <laughs> They'd be like, I don't really want to do all that. I mean, must I do all that? I mean, look at me. I'm a pretty girl. And guess what? Your rent's due, motherfucker. I mean, for me to do something despicable like that, I would expect 10 bands. I expect you to pay my whole lease down. I mean, I said I was, I said I was broke and desperate. I'm going to get evicted next month. Oh, okay. Um, two ass up face in pillow. It's pretty simple. <laughs> and I not going to handle the whole thing just a little bit. I mean, I'll get you through the next day. <laughs> I'm not going to get you through the next month. It's crazy, man. I hear these stories. It's not just with junior college girls. These is this is the same story when you're dating normies. Uh, but um, here's the problem. It's going to get worse. By the way, uh, yes, I covered the McKinsey. Uh, go to my CGA Reacts and Shorts channel right there. Go check that out. All right, go subscribe over there. I meant to talk about that, but it's far overdue. Let's talk about this woman right here. If you're in a situation now, and I've warned men about this on the Blue Chip Mindset, if you're in a situation now where it's tight, it's going to get tighter. You're actually going to be in a position where you're going to, it's not going to be favorable to you. The World Economic Forum already said, um, you will own nothing and be happy. You're, you're not, you're, you're not going to be able to buy and get a home. Not only that, you're going to be, the, the, the landlords are going to have you in the pickle because they can raise the rates because there's a demand for rental. As you guys know, if you cannot buy homes, that means you got to live somewhere you're going to rent. Since there's an increased demand in rental, now because the home ownership process is going to be um a little delayed and people can't afford to buy homes anymore, that means the rental demand increases. 
and then the renters, the landlords can raise the rent. Now, don't get mad at the landlords for gouging your asses because they they have to make a deal. It's a competitive market. This is called competitive market, supply and demand. It's basic economics. Now, the next thing people are going to say, they're putting the rents too high. Well, that's what happens. So if you're like that, that means you need to double up on a second job. That means you need to sell a little bit of whale tail. Okay, but do not get mad at people who have the supply and they need to meet demands. Let's go ahead and listen. Going up at a pace we've never, ever seen before. Is it going up because taxes are going up? Is it going up because of inflation? It's going up because they can get it. Where are you going to go? You don't have any choice. Think about it. You've been in your rental for $2,000 a month, and now the landlord wants to raise it to $3,500. Oh, I'm not going to pay that because for $3,500, I can go buy a house. Good luck. Based on the interest rate, based on your down payment, you're not. And your credit, and your credit, and your rental history, and your student loan debt. Able to save all that savings. You've been paying it in additional rent. Interest rates are up. You don't have more down payment. You're not making more money. You are at the mercy of the landlord. Go so, you know, I'm not a big homeowner type guy, right? I don't think people are responsible enough to own homes. So I hate pushing people into home ownership. However, when you do not own a home, obviously you must rent. But then it's a game when it comes to the rental game. When housing prices um, are stagnated and people aren't selling homes and the housing market is about to collapse, which it will. Now you're subject. Now you're subject to the rental game, which means you're you're kind of like the landlord gets to dictate what happens. Game over. I like her accent, though. I like her accent. You are going to. She got that southern accent. She's probably from Texas. I think she got that Texas accent, and they talk real slow and charming and endearing, but they the devil. All right. Never go. Never fall for a woman with this accent. All right, I play the Southern accent myself. Shout out to people in the South. Here's what you do. This is a podcast, so don't tell me to hush up. I tell you out here, this is an endearing thing, and it's an endearing quality about me. I'm just a regular old man out here, I tell you. You know what I mean? Hush your mouth and shut your job out here and shut up that doohickey darn it heck. I don't have time for this thing and type of thing. I'm out here with honey and sweet tea, baby. Baby girl, ooh, honey child, I don't have no time for all that. This is just the time I got to go out here and pick some greens out here, I tell you. Honey child, I tell you, hush your mouth. <laughs> all right, shout out, to, shout out to the people in the South with that endearing Southern accent. Here we go. Go ahead, Sam. Move. Go right ahead. You go right ahead because when you move, not only can I get 3,500, I can get 4,000. So you, you go right, right ahead, Sam. Yep. I'll see you later. Is this your 60 day notice? Now I did that. I actually gave my landlord notice when I left Newport and I was paying a pretty penny for it. When I saw it put back on the market, it had went up $2,000. Let's go ahead and continue. Yes. This is my 60 day notice. Okay, great. Day 30. You realize the reality of your situation. You can't buy a house. Hey, Mr. Landlord, I'm going to stay. Oh, okay. It's $4,000, Sam. Well, no, no, no. It was $3,500. No, you put in your termination. Your, your lease terminates. You've got to do a new lease. It's $4,000. You are at the mercy of the landlord. Do not mistake that. Rent. So, um. I know a lot of people will then blame the landlords. Oh, how you how are you gonna hold the how are you gonna have tenants if you're raising the rents? They're gonna have tenants. Tenants don't have a choice. 
This is supply and demand. I don't know, man. You guys need to take an economics class because people think that for some reason people are going to have a bleeding heart for people. They don't. It's a survival. It's survival of the fittest. Uh, and when you realize that, and I'm saying that for you to realize it, not to put you down. This is a survival of the fittest out here. This ain't no socialism, Marxism, everybody helps each other. No. If you can't make it, you can't make it. I don't care. If I can't make it, I can't make it. And the reason why I know this, because when I couldn't make it, nobody was helping me. <laughs> There's no privileges. There's no rights here. There's just privileges. You have a basic right to pursue happiness, life, liberty in the pursuit of happiness. That's it. It's survival of the fittest out here. If you think landlords are going to give a damn about you in a marketplace where they can capitalize and make more money and or their rent pay, their mortgage payments have gone up and there's a competitive market competition, meaning there's multiple offers on one property and they can just tick it up. Okay, well, listen, uh, there's 20 offers here. How about I add an extra $200 to the rent? And then now there's 15 offers or there's 10 offers now and 10 people drop. He still got 10 offers. Well, I still got 10 offers. I don't know who to choose. If you want to, if you want to pony up 500 extra dollars on the lease per month, you're in. Now he's got two qualified offers, qualified offers, qualified offers. Okay. I've been in that game, man. It is what it is. And some landlords will tell you to sell some peace leave in the bill in, in this building. But like, by the way, the world economic forum has a reminder for you. You will own nothing and you will like it. You'll be happy. Uh, this somewhat of a reset has been pushing us there. <laughs> it's been pushing us there and pushing us, and it's it's not gonna it's not gonna get better for you. So if you're struggling in today's market, you need to do a 180 degree about face and get rid of some of these damn things that you're holding in your head. Or 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 you can join Antifa and go full on break down the rest of this country. That's it, right? You can break it down and just break it down to all the way till we get to socialism which in 10 years will turn to communism. So that's where we're going. 100%. New, 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 new world order. But nobody cares about y'all. All right, what's the next story in the building? Oh, how not to act at a traffic stop. Let's go ahead and review what's happening here. This appears to be someone who represents the Sapphire. Uh, this woman is being pulled over by the Popo, and um, she's going to play the Sapphire. We're going to go over that when we get to Lizzo. All right, let's go ahead and see if we can do this. She says she's a BLM actress. I'm not sure if that's true, but uh, let's go ahead and bowl the film here. Let's see if I can refresh it, turn it up. Here it is. Okay. That's not a reason to pull me over. Yes, ma'am, it is. Do you have your driver's license and registration proof of insurance on you? Ma'am, you just whipped a... Okay, uh, whose auntie is this? Who is... Uh, whose auntie is this looking like uh, she got her eyes all bucked? Her eyes all bucked. All right, that's another stereotype. She got her eyes all bucked out like this. And uh, what she first did with the police officer, guys, uh, get your paperwork in order. This is a traffic stop. It's routine. There's no need to shuffle. There's no need to make excuses. You want to make this as clean and quick as possible. This is not where the judgment is laid. This is just the citation. Many times it could just be a warning. But the officer asked her a question. And what she did was deflect, which is characteristic, is a caricature of the sapphire. 
many times, and Kevin Samuels, I pointed this out. If they, if, if, if someone asks you a question, asks you a question, many times you'll skip to the next thing and ignore the question. This is called deflecting. This is called avoidance strategy. Oh, you just asked me something that's going to hold me accountable. I'm going to now deflect and go to something else. I'm not going to answer anything you have to say. This is a tactic. All right. So what she's now doing is, ma'am, you did this. Who cares what the cop did? Reflected. Yep. Deflect and redirect. Oh, now we put, now we talking about you, but I just asked you a question. I asked you a question. Now you're deflecting and now you're reading now, now the conversation is going to go the way you wanted to go, ma'am. This ain't how the traffic stop works. Let's get to continue. Uh, you just did an illegal U-turn to come over here and harass me. Okay, do you to have your driver's license, registration, proof insurance on it, please? I have, I have. Hey, that's a simple question right there. That's a simple question. When you get pulled over, when you get pulled over, I don't care what you rights people were talking about here. You can stick this out the window. Okay, you can crack the window like this because you know what they want. Everybody knows what you want. In order to operate a motor vehicle, you're going to need a driver's license. Stop bucking. Not only that, in many municipalities, you're going to need insurance and you're definitely going to need registration that matches the vehicle that you're driving. That's just the basics. When the when the when the officer approaches you, you don't even have to roll the window down. Just stick it out like this here. <laughs> don't even look at them. And then let them proceed. Let them proceed. Go ahead. I want to ask you a question. Nah, I'm good. Just go ahead and go ahead and write up that uh, citation and I'll be out of here. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, my goodness. Oh, here we go. My driver's license. Okay. I need your registration for insurance, please. Ma'am, I'll give you my driver's license, but you don't need nothing else. <laughs> okay. I don't know where she's been educated. Ma'am. Ma'am. I'll give you my driver's license, but you don't need nothing else from me. Oh, you got you got about to get jacked up. You about to get why are you asking for <laughs> and she's so sure of herself, by the way. She's so sure of herself. Now they could have shot her. They could have shot her and filled her up for the bullet holes. And everybody was like, well, there was no reason to do all that. All right, let's continue with what your auntie is out here doing. This is what your auntie is doing right now. I'm not giving you nothing else because there's no reason for you to pull me because I have not committed a crime. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, I have not committed a crime. Uh, you didn't commit a crime. You committed a moving violation, allegedly, allegedly. And the cop is trying to try to figure out if they want to cite you for a moving violation, which is not a crime. She's right. But I can pull you over for a moving violation. Continue. Alleged moving violation. I need your registration. I have not committed a crime because my that's not a crime that my headlight is out. Yes, ma'am. It's a traffic violation. That's not a headlight if, if it went out while I'm driving. Mm. Ma'am, <laughs> this is a violation. Your headlight is out. You know your headlight been out for 50, 11 days. Your headlight been out for 50, 11 days. You know it went out, but now you're trying to say, and you tapping on the damn dashboard, it been out. It just went out while I was driving. How do you know that? <laughs> Come on, how would you know something like that? Oh my God. Oh, geez, my God. These people can vote. 
That's not that's not a crime. I need your registration. It's not a crime. It's a traffic that's violation. That's not a crime, ma'am. It's what not you're a, doing is you're harassing a black woman. Do you have insurance on your vehicle? By the way, she said you're harassing a black woman. How can I even tell that's a black woman? I mean, there's several, several things that would lead me to believe that that could be any type of woman right there. I can't even tell. She could be Samoan. She could be Mexican. She could, I don't even know what the hell she could be. She could be anything. She could be a man at this particular point. I, yes, I have insurance. Okay. Are you asking me that because I'm black? No. Oh, You're asking geez. me that because I'm black. Yes, no, ma'am. Everyone in this state has to have insurance. Ma'am, that went out while I was driving. Okay, I mean, if you want to use racism, but don't lie now. You could tell she lying. She got the lie face on. Ma'am, that went out while I was driving. And it went out. Look, look, I don't care when it went out. It went out. So you got pulled over. Now, most of the time, you would just get a warning if you would have just shut your mouth. A fix-it ticket, as we call it. You would have just got a fix-it ticket. But now you're prolonging this, acting ignorant and belligerent. You're acting like the sapphire. Let's continue. I'm not doing nothing illegal. I'm not doing nothing illegal. You're harassing me. Is this your vehicle? Is this my vehicle? Yes, this is my vehicle. Okay, just sit top for me. Now, the reason why, because people would say, why did the cop ask if it was her vehicle acting like because she's black and she stole it? Well, let's go back, ladies and gentlemen. She asked for the vehicle's registration, which would have determined if it was her vehicle. Yep, she said, I don't have to give you the registration. So the officer cut her a deal and was like, okay, we'll play your game. It's just your vehicle. And now she got offended. Mm. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I asked you for the registration. You said I didn't need you didn't need to give it to me, but now you're saying I don't need to now I'm racist for asking you if this is your vehicle. The registration would have sought that out when I matched it with the driver's license. And that could have been a done deal. But now I'm racist because I asked you if it was your vehicle. What is doing? What is going on? <laughs> this is actually insane, bro. Whose auntie is this? Okay. Man, who auntie is this? I am Officer Monroe of Chattanooga Police. I was coming to come back. They in Chattanooga. Back up my, my partner just to make sure I, she was okay. You need to identify yourself. That's part of your Well, you were in the. Man, oh man, I don't know where she took. And she's reaching into her glove compartment with a per with an officer on either side of her. Y'all people need some <laughs> y'all people. And I'm not talking about all people. Y'all need some training on what not to do. Because if this was a black man in Chattanooga, y'all would have been filled up with bullet holes at this particular point. We know this. You're reaching in the glove compartment at this point and you're acting belligerent. You would be shot the hell up <laughs> real fast. Oh, man. Oh, man. This is crazy. And this dude's trying to be nice. You were in the middle of a conversation, so how was I going to go ahead and be rude? I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're going to harm me or nothing else. I'm not here to harm you, ma'am. I've done nothing. And she reached into her backpack. Oh, my gosh. Boy. Somebody said, is this a skit? This is how you teach us. Look, this is how they teach their son. This is how y'all sons can get shot up, too. She's got her. She's reaching into her backpack. Oh, my man. These are things I would never do. I would never do any of these things because I know I don't want no trigger finger ass, nervous ass, reading rainbow ass police officer to slip on me. And especially if it's a female cop, 
You know, female cocks got a hairline trick. You know, these women are got, they got the Barney Fife syndrome, female cops. So if there's a female cop pulling me over, I'm going to just do my best to decompress, um, not decompress. <laughs> there's another word I'm looking for. I'm going to, I'm going to make it, I'm going to get it down. Let's, let's bring it on down. Let's bring it on down. What is the word that I'm looking for? If it's a female cop, they got the Barney Fife syndrome. I'm not trying to, let's bring it on down. Bring it on down. De-escalate. Sorry, decompress. I need to de-escalate on female officers. Continue. For uh, for my headlight going out while I'm driving, and she literally did an illegal U-turn, so y'all can come follow me in a black community. Y'all white cops in a black community. Y'all harassing me. We're not harassing you, man. I'm We're pretty doing sure you are. I'm pretty sure you are. That's my registration. Finally. The only reason she asked, you know, have you never borrowed your friend's car or anything like that? Why would you ask a black person? You wouldn't ask nobody white if, it, if they own that's false. You would have produced the registration if you wanted to de-escalate the situation. You would have produced it. There would be no question if this was your vehicle. So they need to know. By the way, there was a young man. He was the number two rated, number one rated high school player coming out of high school two years ago. He went to the University of Memphis, and he recently just got pulled over uh, sometime last week. I can't remember his name. And uh, he transferred to a Michigan school, and he got pulled over. But there were two firearms under his under the seat. and um, he was borrowing someone else's car. That's his excuse. It ain't my car. I was borrowing. So there are times where you borrow another person's car and you can get pulled over. His name is Amani Bates. Now he's going to jail, potentially, for having two firearms under the seat. And he's saying it wasn't my car. So if a person says, is this your car? Or if a cop asks, is this your car? It could be important as to what the next steps are. Because if there is something in that car and they start checking it, then you say, well, it ain't my car. Well, you probably should have presented that earlier. That was your chance to present that. By the way, she's offering up too much damn information to these police officers. Mm. Guys, y'all don't have to talk to the police like this. <laughs> you do not have to talk to the police like this. You're giving them way too much information. My gentlemen, Say less. Do not say more. This is a traffic stop. This could be cleaned up in five minutes, or you can make it into an hour prolonged incident. If you have a beef, go to court. If you have a beef, go to court. Give them your license, registration, and insurance was entitled by the law. Where are you going? Where are you coming from? With all due respect, officer, please cite me and I'll be on my way. I know you have better things to do than just to mess with me. I don't have, I know you don't have the time for this. Thank you very much. If they want to proceed and tend to, tend to try to get you to violate your own rights, ask for a supervisor. Do you have a supervising officer here? Lend me your business card and your ID. And am I able to get this? particular recording back i mean i i will need this recording immediately i need to go he says no answer hun step out of the vehicle okay step on out <laughs> here we go step out then okay i haven't done nothing wrong now if you did something wrong you did something wrong step out of the vehicle okay i still don't have to say shit i don't have to answer questions but you don't have to be belligerent either all right, I like to record this interaction. Most of the police, they'll let you go without acting like that. But y'all trying to 
prove your case in the streets and it's not where you fight. Please, guys, please. They're simple. It's pretty simple. Yeah, can it get out of hand even if you're following the order? Yes, it can still gotta get out of hand. But this is is out of control. Out of control. We asked everybody. You shouldn't ask nobody if they own a car. Like, why would I be We're driving doing, somebody else's vehicle? Because I've used my, I've used up, my partners. Y'all can pull up the registration. I mean, and you know whose name is in. Y'all know that. Ma'am, we haven't been rooted at all. Man, have I raised my, have I raised my, have I raised my voice at all? Your job is to solve violent crime. Are, wrong. Your job is to solve violent crime. No, they're actually there to allegedly uphold the law and they can pull you over for traffic violations. Violent crime is just another part of their duty. And, and By the way, detectives solve violent crimes. Detectives solve violent crimes. Police do not. And traffic stops, yes. No, actually it's not. Title 55 under the state under the state title does not give you the right to do that unless I'm participating in doing it's a traffic violation. violation. That's not a traffic violation if it went out while I was driving, ma'am. How was well, I how do I know, know that it went out while you're driving? How do I know that it's out if I if I am driving in the middle of the night? It doesn't matter if you have knowledge that it went out. You were pulled over because it's out. I mean, I don't know how we're getting to this. I mean, what, why is this even a conversation? Now, you can argue this with the judge, but the cop doesn't care about when it went out. Neither should you. The light is out. They're probably trying to raise awareness. But now you're taking it to this level. We usually go ahead and give warnings and also coupons to go ahead and fix headlights. So I don't understand how you automatically are going to go ahead. after a long day, okay, and, and, and hey. the cop literally pulls literally i'm minding my business hello wow uh whose auntie is this if you guys have people because i know there's people like well 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 y'all make it complicated more complicated than it is the police are there to issue citations they're not really there to solve crimes they're not really there to judge or be the jury or executioner now sometimes they are the executioner unfortunately but i think you guys don't know how it works the legal system says that if you want to fight anything that's going on there, you go to court. I have rarely ever seen, and I'm just going to say this, I have rarely ever seen a cop pull you over or stop you, proceed to ask you whatever their interactions is, and you explain it away, and they leave. And they'd be like, oh, really? Okay. I just want to ask you that. Have you ever seen it? I mean, it, every now and then I actually got away with a ticket one time speeding. And I said, and the cop must have been in a rush because I was like, I didn't realize that the speed limit had went down. And he was like, oh, okay, you have a nice day. <laughs> Me and then he walked away and I had three white girls in the car. It's very rare that you talk yourself out of a ticket. But by the time you do, let's just say you do talk yourself out of a ticket. Many times it's going to take longer than necessary and um, if you know anything about many places like Las Vegas, if you get a speeding ticket, there's ticket fixers. There's places where you can call lawyers up and they specialize in fixing tickets in which, and I'm not sure if I could talk about this. You can actually uh, plead down or go with the lawyer and the lawyer can plead it down to a parking violation. So it's no longer a moving violation and it will cost you points. So I know that as a person, if I get pulled over, okay, what was I doing? What, what did you say I was doing? Okay, I was doing this. I'll go to the fix-it ticket place. 
and then the fix-it ticket will go there, and they will argue it down to a parking violation, pay the violation off, and I'm done. Come on, man. It ain't that hard. She could have got that fix-it. It would have been a fix-it ticket for the light. And then, at best, it would have been a violation, and she could have got whatever it is. You go to the ticket place, uh, the ticket buster. You go to ticket buster. Talk them down. They give you a simple violation. You send the mail by, you send the check by mail or money order or whatever it is. Pay it online and it's done. And you pay the lawyer 40 or 50 bucks. It's pretty simple, but guys, explain this to your children. Explain this to your mammies or your aunties that acting belligerent like this is not what you do, but you're just living up to the stereotype and you're going to escalate it and then make it worse. You're making it worse. And don't be afraid to um this is why how will people i actually talked about this by getting your paperwork in order remember i said that and a lot of people were oh coach but but coach but coach but it let's just say she didn't have her paperwork in order she didn't have her tags were expired or her driver's license was expired or her registration didn't match now that's her problem now she made it worse and you brothers make it worse by not having your paperwork in order and then you want to play the victim then you want to play the victim i don't get it I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. If you are not, or if you are struggling, those same people who don't have their paperwork in order always got hoes, though. They always got 40 ounces in weed. They always got time to go party and do the stanky leg. That's how I find that interesting because I look at your Instagram after you get deleted by the police and you was doing the stanky leg the other day and you had two baby llamas, but your car registration was out. And then you got, you ran and you got shot in the back. And I'll be like, well, <laughs> you had your closet full of Jordans. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, look. Well, that ain't a reason to get shot. I didn't say it was a reason. I'd say get your paperwork in order for these exact situations. You never know when your headlight goes out. And then, and as a result, if your paperwork is in order, there's no problem. You can just fight it, get the fix-it ticket, you're gone. <laughs> it's crazy. Get your priorities straight. This is why I do the blue chip mindset. All right, let me stop yelling at you guys today <laughs> doing the gritty we talk about this all the time and then you say well that ain't a reason for somebody to shoot somebody well it it could lead to you getting shot who nobody says give me the reason somebody says coach always exaggerating so i'm always exaggerating i'm always exaggerating you there's no case i'm talking about when that happened the brother in Minnesota got shot for that exact same reason. So did the one brother that got shot by the female office, officer for that exact same. What? They got pulled over because what? He had too many driving. to un, He had too many moving violations. They saw his ass. He wasn't even driving. They was like, there he is. Brother, 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 how you make it get down? Professor Overseer, I got pimp in my crown. <laughs> Rico right here. Y'all better stop asking me about this, man. Get your, look, get your paperwork in order. Stop. He says the white man's paperwork. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, that's what, and that's what brothers say. I know you didn't, I know you're, I know you're joking, but people will say that. Well, that's the white man paperwork. I want to be, um, I can't, it's not called emancipated. What do the brothers do when they're, um, it slips my mind. Oh, I ain't filling out the white man paperwork. The government just trying to keep tracking me. For They're not tracking you. They're not tracking you. 
sorry, they track is sovereign. Yeah, I'm sovereign. I'm sovereign. I ain't getting no driver's license. I don't obey traffic stops and violence. I, I don't obey. I don't obey traffic lights or nothing. I'm a sovereign citizen. You don't even got your sovereign citizen paperwork. Where's your sovereign citizen paperwork? I'm sovereign. <laughs> oh, no, you're going to get sovereignly shot at this particular point. All right, anyway, come on, man, stop. When you're sovereign, you must be self-sufficient as a citizen. You can't be sovereign getting welfare checks, driving on the road with a license plate. So I said sovereign, spell it. Oh, you sovereign? Spell it. Capital S O. Capital V. All right, anyway. Oh, anyway, shout out. Shout out to the Moorish people. They're the true sovereigns. Everybody else is just from. All right, where we at here? Shout out to uh, let's see here. Shout out to Zoe Man says. Uh, I got the mindset and I can't afford it. So head over to patreon.com backslash coach Greg Adams and get on the uh, $50 level. And right now you can actually go, um, go, go backwards and see if it's going to be beneficial for you. Okay. All right. Tommy Bryant says, I met him at the bus stop and he hit it smooth. And somebody was mad at me for making fun of that young lady. All right. Because later on in the show, she started playing the victim. Well, back in my past. Well, that's your past. What's happening today? I'm judging you on today's actions. Did did your past actions uh, influence what you did today? Nope. It could have or it could not have. All right, Justin Gonzalez, happy happy coffee day, coach. I didn't realize it was coffee day. Appreciate you. Sheldon Ross, he says, LOL, they do copy you, but make sure to give you credit and say to go get your book. Oh, it's pretty funny. The ones I've seen, it's called the gents. Yeah, I think I we I played his video and it sounded like the marriage will. But yeah, if y'all gonna copy and say free agent lifestyle, just say it's Coach Greg Adams. I mean, a lot of content creators be doing that. I mean, I can be guilty of that as well. But if you're gonna say something specific, like just be like, yeah, Coach Greg Adams said. I rarely hear people be like Coach Greg Adams said, but it'd be sounding like right what I talked about. But it's okay. Listen, we all are guilty of that. Ty says my warm embrace. Had me rolling in last night's stream. Man, Brown310, shout out to you. Ty says, young black men seeing their single mothers act like this with the police or hear their aunt retell the story that they think they can do this and they get clapped. And I actually give you that example all the time. I say that young black men see their aunts or they see their single mothers doing this. They're stunted, they're arrested development and you think you can do that. And then when you do it, you get hogtied. As men, let's just listen up. When women act belligerent in public at the grocery store, I don't care what race of men you are, when they're doing this at the grocery store, when they cuss out somebody at church's chicken, you cannot do the same. You're going to get hogtied. You're going to get tased way faster than she's going to do it. So you guys are used to, oh, my aunt said she cussed the police officer out. You get pulled over as a young black man. And young black men, you need to worry about this. Um, the what what you need to worry about is you suffer from what I call uh I can't remember, but I talk about age where physical age and chronological age and your mental age doesn't match up. Okay, it never matches up. Like you will look at a young black male and he'll be six foot tall, 
250 pounds, chiseled out of pure stone like a Greek god, and he'll be 16 years old with the mind of a 12-year-old. <laughs> You're just be like, and what happens is the police or anybody doesn't know. I see you. I don't know how old you are. I don't know that you're a teenager. I don't know you just came for football practice and you still a freshman at 16. I don't have any clue. I see just a large individual. It's the same thing with black women tend to be like this. And, and minority women, white people tend to always look younger than they are until they look older, right? They cross the line real fast. They look young and then the next day they look old. Black people or minorities, Mexicans, you tend to look old no matter what. You go to, you go to uh, the Comunidad. Jorge got a full goatee, a cholo goatee, and he in the 10th grade. 10th grade, he got a full goatee, chest hair and all that. <laughs> he looked like he's somebody daddy when he show up to school. You're like, um, you here to pick up your kid? You're like, nah, man, I'm in the 10th grade. Essay. Black men tend to, black women tend to look older than their age. Nobody ever believes it. They'd be like, I'm 15. And she fully developed. <laughs> like fully. So physical age, chronological age, and mental age, and especially in adolescence into early adulthood, it never matches. You can't really tell. So this is why people are, well, that's a child. Nobody could tell. She's built like a full adult. He's built like a full adult. And then what happens to black men typically is because your physical age looks way more advanced, Greg Oden style, you look like a full adult that can go out here and have a full job at a construction site. But mentally, you're 12, but chronologically, you're 16. This is how you act. Then you act like your single mother. Then you get shot. <laughs> Come on, man. It's pretty simple. Now, when I bring this toward a logic, everybody thinks I'm shuffling and making excuses. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is how it works. And this is what happens. This is why there's miscommunication. You need to really start telling people, especially if people have a stunted like mental development or um, ADHD or they're slow. They could be a big ass grown ass man and be slow. Again, physical age, chronological age, mental age. It doesn't match. It always does. It never really matches. And then you get people get uh, Michael Brown is a prime example. Oh, autism. Yeah. Michael Brown is a not a prime example. He started. He I think Michael Brown was all of six foot tall, plus 250 pounds, plus walking around looking like a grown ass man acting like a teenager, a preteen. But he was somewhere between 17 and 18. And he started tussling with the cops, allegedly. And then the cops started doing whatever they did and it got out of control and the cop got desperate. The cop went out of control on him and it ended badly. But Michael Brown was somewhat 17 or 18, but he looked like he was 26 and he acted like he was 29 and, but he was 12 in the head. Okay. So this is what we talk about. We need to have these tough conversations. By the way, let me put up the let me put up this right here because people, uh, when you bring some sort of reality to the situation, people, well, that's not an excuse. Nobody said it was an excuse. I'm saying what people do in real life situations. Okay, let's see here. Yeah, think of like people like Zion Williamson, LeBron James. 
these people were 17 and 18, but they looked like 40. <laughs> You're like, this person can't be 18. It's like, but these people, there's there's more people like Zion's walking around the community right now. They look just like them. And look, and when you listen to um somebody says, wow, you're totally out of the loop of reality. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, I'm over here, I'm alive, and there's people dying. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> hey, look, you can live your world. But we talked about this yesterday. We talked about this yesterday. People judge people within how many seconds? Seven seconds. Seven seconds is all you have to make an impression. But we got gumps in here that still want to act like we can get a full interpretation of who a person is and we shouldn't judge outside of that. The victims are here. Here comes the victim, boys. Here they come. Well, coach, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And you're giving excuses. The plugged in NPCs are here for the bullshit. Remember, I don't play games with you suckers, Minch Gumpbergs. This is real life. Y'all want to play games? Play games. Son husbands have showed up. The son husbands are here. If you think I'm lying, look at the NFL. Go to an NFL football game. I bet you can't afford a ticket. Go to an NFL football game. Actually, I was at a hockey game. I went to two hockey games this week. Now, I was at the original point of the hockey game. I'll use white people for an example for you guys. At the, at the start of the hockey game, I was sitting up here. Then um, eventually I moved down second row, and I could see the faces of the men that were playing hockey. Now, from up there, they look like grown-ass men. When I got down and I could see the faces in the helmet, they looked like kids. But their bodies were grown-ass men. They were all 5'10", 5 5'11", 5 6 feet, 6'2", six 6'4". Six they were all grown men. But when I got down there, I could see the rookies. I was like, damn, that dude right there looked 18 in the face. I was like, damn. And then I looked it up on my uh, roster. Rookie, rookie, rookie. Because it's preseason hockey. Rookie. They all look like baby faces under there. None of them had facial hair. And then I started looking. They were 18, 19, 19, 20, 18. <laughs> Somebody says nobody 5'10". The little, the little flyers were. So that's what I'm talking about. So when you take it in the outside, I'll try out. There were the white boys, the Russian guys, and the Swedish guys, and the people from Finland. They were all young boys that you were watching. But from far, you couldn't tell. They looked all very mature, 6'2 and better. Same thing as the NFL. Go to an NFL game. And I hate to go sideways, but there's a lot of guys who still go to an NFL football game. Look at the men on the field. Now watch them being interviewed. They're 22 years old. 23, 24, but they're built full facial hair, goatee. They look like your daddy. They look, yeah, they look like your daddy on the field with the helmet on. They take their helmet off and it's different. You're like, man, that's a, actually, they start talking and it's different. They're not that developed. They're not, they're, they're mental and their age has not caught up with their development. Okay, here we go. It is what it is. But here it is. You're actually off base on this one. But when I compare it to that, 
You still, am I off base still? <laughs> Physical age, mental age, chronological age. Three different ages. Matter of fact, your dumb ass is probably 16 trying to argue with me and trolling. But you probably 45 living at your mama's house. Let's make that make sense. Not only that, your financial age doesn't match your age. At your age, darling, not your shoe size. Remember people used to say that? At your age and not your suit shoe size? Where did that come from? That's you. You acting your shoe size and not your age. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let me stop. All right, anyway, I'm here to help you guys. I am here to help you. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you with game. I send you out into the world with information that's trying to help you stay alive, but your dumb ass when we're out here. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, Jack Vendetta, he says, this is the reason why real racism get, goes overlooked. Yes, because she's claiming racism where there's no racism. Absolutely. Yep. Castigator, shout out to you, man. He says, drop, he says, dropping some ducats while ninja watching at my yob. But shout out to everybody at their yob. All right, he dropping ducats. We got money in the building. Monkey D says, uh, go to an NFL game. He says, I bet you can't afford a ticket. You can't afford a ticket to even get close enough to see the men under the helmet. They all look like grown men down there. I'm in the 100 section. <laughs> you in the 400 section. Yeah, everybody looks the same. They'd be like, all oh, these people look small down there. I can play. Big Doe Butter says, shout out to the pretty feet gang. Oh, we love the ladies. I love them pretty feet. Ten toes up. Ten toes up. I need it. Ed, the 304 detector, shout out to, come on, we'll work it out, squad. Just come on. Just come on. In the building. Shout out to Damian Bird. She says, you got to clip that warm embrace song. Yes, indeed. Shout out to the sugar mamas out here. We're going to get to y'all next, by the way, sugar, sugar mamas. Ladies, if you're over the age of like 38, 39, y'all should be considering sugar momming. Okay, it's it's kind of trying to force old, old ass men to marry you and date you. It's reprehensible. Let's go to PayPal and then get back to the show. Y'all need to be sugar momming. All right, if y'all, matter of fact, um, y'all need to be sugaring mommy, sugar mommy and anybody that is actually you know, under the, under the age of 50, y'all need to take me out. Y'all need to be like, you need to take me out. I'm the table. We're going to get to that in a minute. Spike Spiegel says seeking is always jumping around the first of the month. Yep. Because what your rent's due, motherfucker. Take the good deals and skip the bad ones. You win either way. Even monks can be corrupted. Hashtag coach gang. I got them biting right now. They're biting. They're going to be biting for the next week. Uh, unfortunately, I can't service them all. I can't service them all. I'm like, damn, only got so much time and so much money. These young girls be out here. And it's older women too, by the way. Let's get to the next point right here. Shout out to you brothers here. Hey, remember, this is going to be heavy topics, man. And I don't come in the form of hate. I'm trying to help. Yeah, man, they need, so I said, 40-year-olds need simple help with cell phone bills. Man, ma'am, you're a lost cause. You're economically a lost cause. If you are there economically, no. I don't know what to tell you. So does hot equate to being girlfriend or wife material? I posted this on my Instagram. We're going to go to Kayleeville. We're going to go to Kaylee because I got to take heat off the community right now. They're irate and they're beside themselves. 
But now we're going to go to the Kayleys. Remember, Kayleys look young, and the next day they look old. And they never realized that they hit the wall as fast. Unfortunately for them, they be hitting the wall. But they still can serve a purpose. Like, right, you know, she can be used as toilet tissue. Easily discarded. And matter of fact, that's been her life. And that's why she's still single. But let's hear what her complaint is right now. And uh, roll the film. Oh, wait. There's no way I'm this hot. <laughs> this hot and single. Period. And single. Period. There's no reason. Period. So taking boyfriend applications for um, sweater weather, no, uh, fall season. Okay, so she's trapping you right now. This is a trap. So she's, again, she did Hot Girl Summer. She went out there. She went to the beach. She island hopped and all of that stuff. I've flown myself to Paris. I've done Greece. I've island hopped. I've done all of that. She did all that. And now all of a sudden, oh, well, it's sweater weather. It's boot weather. Time to settle down. Cuddle season. Cuffing season. Uh, why don't I have a boyfriend? I'm taking boyfriend applications. Why? Because she broke from the summer. I've flown myself to Paris. I've done Greece. I've island hopped. I've done all of but that. But she was used as discarded toilet tissue. And wet wipes. And now she wants to go out there and say. And that's you. This is the, this is the tired, same BS. She's like, I've had my fun. <laughs> now it's time for me to cuddle. And cuff. Taking boyfriend applications. Why? Why is she taking boyfriend, boyfriend applications? Your rent's due, motherfucker. Applications. Yes. We're taking, yes, we're taking husband applications. Dude, I wonder why. I mean, listen, I've been in this space for four years. It is absolutely appalling that these people think that this is the way to find mates. I mean, where is the confusion? Where is she confused at this particular point? We get it, ma'am. You're desperate. You're broke. We got it. We get it. You think you're sexy. I, I'm hotter than average. Bam. If we take off the if we if you didn't go to the hair salon, which you're probably owe your your hair artist, your cut and color artist, you probably owe her money. She probably you probably in debt to her. Okay, and all of these other things that you're hate, uh, trying to disguise the sloppy yogurt. Everybody gets it now. There's no there's nothing new under the sun. All you're gonna get is simps. This is the simp wolf whistle. Are you going to get a simps? And none of them you're going to like. It's pretty simple, but you're trying to pass yourself off as worth something. But we all know what happened. <laughs> we all know what happened. I looked at it as I have an ATM between my legs and I just, I'm just using it. All I got to do is put my card in and that's it. And put the pin number and boom, money just comes right out. By the way, we also see in the background as everybody's acknowledging and then my, my brother right here, Eric says, Nissan Altima in the background. You can't make this up. You can't make this up. And it's going to be repossessed too. And she's paying seven years, $750,000 uh, a month. That Nissan Altima, she's still making payments on. 25% interest. They're looking for husbands. Who's falling for this stuff? This is absolutely outrageous. Okay, listen. There's no way I'm this hot. This hot and single. And single. There's no reason. So taking boyfriend applications for um, sweater weather, uh, fall season. Yes. 
these women are drunk. The woman's drunk and belligerent in the background. I'll take a husband application. <laughs> we're taking, yes, we're taking husband applications. This is not even a skit. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is a skit, coach. This woman is literally thinking this. Okay, listen. There's no way I'm this hot. There is some way you're this hot. You've been chatted in Tyrone so many times. Come on, man. You've been ran through more times than Holland Tunnel. There is a way you're that. Not only that, your personality is reprehensible. And pull out that damn vape pen out of your purse. You're lucky you ain't got tattoos. I bet you she got tattoos. This hot and single. Yeah, you're single because you're screaming and cackling in the background. Period, period, period. Hotness does not equate to wife material. As a matter of fact, probably your better wives are plain Janes than hot, hot chicks. Hot chicks do not make good girlfriends or wives. There's no reason. So taking boyfriend applications for um, sweater weather, uh, fall season. Yes. We're taking, yes, we're taking husband applications. So when I see women like this out in public, this is why I avoid, I remember the qualifications, the seven areas of qualifying women. And I always put this up, several levels of make qualification. You either do not qualify, you're a service provider, I can discard you like toilet tissue and give you 400 bucks and I'm sure you can make good use of it. You'll either be practice, you'll be part of a harem or a concubine, you'll either become a regular in rotation or you'll be uh, you're, you're a contender or a pretender. This woman is not a contender for anything. She's a service provider. And you cannot turn this service provider into a housewife. Everybody knows this. You go out in public, it's very easy to be seen. But in her mind, in her mind, oh, I'm husband, I'm wife material. Mm. Not even close. <laughs> it's not even close. The way you're displaying yourself will show that you're not even close to being wife material. Anybody that does wife you up is probably going to be a sucker. Great value, Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe got married, and she also was a service provider and got discarded easily. She was used as toilet paper tissue. By the way, Marilyn Monroe's got quite a story, alleged story, about her and an underage boy back in the day. It's a story. I don't know, man. Maybe one day I'll share that story. But I was quite like, wow. If you guys want to hear a story, of course, they sweep it under the rug. And the story has not been proven, so I can't really say. I mean, it was another guy's word against hers. But uh, apparently, the story I tell you about Marilyn Monroe. Let's try to speak ill about the dead here. Wait. But the story a guy tells is that she was very she was very insecure. She was obviously on drugs and whatnot. Been drugged. MK Ultra Sex Kitten. Alleged. Alleged. New, 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 new world order. And so what tended to happen was people would want to be with her because she was a sex symbol, but they were often disappointed. And she felt their disappointment because she was just a normal woman. And she used to get discarded so often. And she used sex, her sexiness, to get men in. And once they reel, she reeled them in, they would have sex with her, and it would be normal. And she once said, and was quoted as saying, allegedly, men expect fireworks to come out of my you know what, my cat. But she's like, I, there's no fireworks coming out of this, right? I'm just a normal woman. And they would be let down or disappointed. And so in her pain, 
she would invite men to just use her and discard her. And one time, there's a guy here, Vlad TV has given the interview. He's on Vlad TV saying this. He was an underage boy, probably 16 or 17. She, he had been in her room. She's sitting in her bed. Allegedly, there's other stories of her being nasty. I don't even know if that's true and not showering and stuff like this. But this guy says, yeah. Um, she basically was like, you want to spin? <laughs> you want to turn on the doorknob? I'll let you get some real quick. She was loose like that. This is a legend. She would just let dudes just take a spin. I'll just jump on in. There's, you know, I ain't got nothing else to do. She did like this. This is how she came to him. He came to the hotel room. He came to kick it. He was just chilling. And she showed up like this here. All right. She showed up like this. She was like, uh, you want to jump in? <laughs> you know, there's nothing else I'm doing, you know. Yep, just the empty soul. And a lot of women are like this. They empty souls. You know, they're like, well, you know, I got nothing else I'm doing. I'm just going to show up. You want some of this, son? <laughs> right? He was like, he took it. He was like, he took it. And the guy was like 17, 16 or whatnot. Now, the story's out there for you guys to look at. It's on Vlad TV. Vlad TV. To this day, are they calling her a metaphile? Nope. Nope. Are they calling her a predator? Nope. <laughs> well, she did. Right, she did, but there's a lot of men that are getting me too from the grave, but people are quite silent on it. <laughs> Somebody said, Who is it? It was a white dude, it was a white guy, he looked like a mobster, or he I don't know what he was close to. I don't even know how he got in there, but it's on interview on Vlad TV. I can't tell you who the name is. Go ahead and Google it up, Google it up. But he said he was under 18, was in the room. He banged her out like the whole weekend. That's what he said. That's what he said. It wasn't Sammy the Bull. Oh, somebody's got the name. Gianna, Gianni Russo. Oh, he was in the movie The Godfather. Gianni Russo is the guy. Go look it up. It's on Vlad TV, him saying it. They ain't me too her yet because there's always a double standard. Somebody put the name of the guy already in there. I watched it and I was sitting there like, wow, this is where we live. He was Carlo in The Godfather. Okay, he played Car Carlo in The Godfather. Shout, shout, shout out to him. But listen, I don't know. Maybe he's lying. I have no idea. But if people are saying, no, nah, he's lying. Okay, well, then everybody that me too, somebody from the grave is lying. All right, let me see here. Shout out to ES Instrumentals, coach in the coach gang. I make beats with my brother i would appreciate some traffic over here hey do me a favor email me i, I will catch up and emails and all of this stuff we got to get that going man all right shout out to jack vendetta he says bride of chucky was 50 11 bodies better sit the hell down 100 like her body the woman's body that was saying i'm all of this and all of that i mean it's good she's a nice looking kaylee i definitely would have a good time with her and that's about it. Marry her? Never. There's no way that's even close to being marriage material. Uh, what do we got over here? Shout out to Turnpike Tyrone. He says, I had a chick send me a Derek Jackson clip on how women should see themselves as Lambos. I told her Lambos aren't made for daily driving, just a rotation in the building. Good Lord, be easy on them. <laughs> 
That's true. Derek Jackson misleading. Derek Jackson's back, by the way. Derek Jackson, come on, bro. We get more views than you over here. And you got 3,000, 3 million subscribers over there. Derek Jackson, are you still relevant out here? I know you trying. You should have went red pill. You should have did the heel turn. All right, who's advising you over there? You should have just went full heel turn. <laughs> but you out there back pandering the women. Your rent's due, motherfucker. Yeah, Lamborghinis are not for daily driving. We talk about this in our money mindset group, in the blue chip mindset. Yeah, girls, ladies, if you're Lambo, great. But you're for fun. You're for usage and let somebody else pay the maintenance. Lambos are high maintenance, and sometimes they're not worth the past two years. Lambos are for occasional Sunday driving use. I'm going to Sunday drive in Newport Beach. Lambo. And then I'm going to tuck that thing away or send it back to the person I leased it from or rented it from. And I'm going to go get me my daily driver. Yeah. Shout out to loud. Great, great uh, turnaround on that reverse Uno car by Turnpike Tyrone. Loud Pocket says, Coachy, sorry I'm late. I got here late. Same time as the pro blacks and the sun husbands. Coach, that mammy had a bonnet on. I don't think she had a bonnet on, but she definitely had a, she had her natural going. The sun husband showed up. You're reprehensible. I'm just trying to keep you alive. How many, how many people have learned from their mothers? As a man, how many men have learned from their mothers? Most of the time, you have to remember, she's never, ever been a man in her life. Never. She has no idea what it's like to be a man. She has no lessons in game to give you as a man unless she's awake and aware. Many of them aren't awake and aware. Many of them are as delusional as the women you think that are delusional out here. So remember that if you took your lessons from your mom. You can love your mom, but your mama was a crack fiend mama. <laughs> At best. Uh, let's see here. What's up on PayPal? And we're going to get into the main event. Oh, we got some brothers definitely hitting it up on PayPal. AD Austin doubles and triples up. Then Kaylin triples up. We're going to get to them. AD Austin says, California woman charged with deleting a man by ramming her car into him after accusing him of trying to run over a cat. Okay, that would be interesting subject matter maybe for this afternoon's show to throw in. You also said two more things. All right, he says, I got my streaming set up last night. I didn't figure out how to stream record till I, after I talked to this 22-year-old aspiring feminist from Switzerland. I'll talk to her again soon. Got her on IG. All right, shout out to you. Let me see here. What are you talking about here? You didn't record it? Uh-oh. And then last one, he said an aspiring feminist. Boy, that's right. And he says, that's why I don't like white girls like that. He says they use their hand as a wash rag. Oh, my goodness. He says, I've trained a couple out. Wait, I trained a couple out of that nasty habit, though. Uh, yeah, if we want to talk about the habits that, that that they do, they're, again, listen, just the Kayleys with dogs, bro. The Kayleys with dogs will mortify you if you're not like that. They will let dogs do a whole bunch of stuff. They'll go whole Whitney, Wisconsin on you. And you see them, and they'll go fix your food. They'll have a the nerve to go whole Whitney, Wisconsin, and come out and fix your food. Matter of fact, they'll do things with you in the bedroom and go out and try to fix you a plate. Don't wash no hands. You like. 
I've been with too many white girls to be like, I don't put them up high on the pedestal no more. I mean, I have a preference and all. I have a preference, but I'd be looking at them like, then they hair be in your food. <laughs> they hair be in your food. You're like, oh, hell no. They pet their dog. Hi, puppy. <laughs> she give her the whole Scooby-Doo treatment. <laughs> then she'd be back trying to cook touch on you and kick you be like oh ma'am uh-uh she pick up the dog poo put it in the bag then she got a nerve to go on here let me take some of your no 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 get on back get get the help now nasty <laughs> you jump in a car and a whole backseat filled with dog fur ma'am the whole backseat filled with dog fur. You go to their couch, whole couch filled with dog fur. I'm like, you live like this every day, bro? Like, what in the what? I ain't jumping in none of this. So when you jump up in there, you jump up in that bug, just know it ain't going to be clean as you think. <laughs> so the pro blacks, are y'all happy now? You always talking bad about black folk. And I talk about, I talk about white folks. They just go right out over your head. You miss it every time. Right? When I talk about Dylan and Hunter and Cameron, Jackson, when I say their names are funny, y'all completely miss it. But when I say Tata Alicia and Ku Klux Keisha, you guys, oh, there he is shuffling again. He always talking about black folks. I'm like, I talk about their name. When I talked about Kylie, Katie, Kate, Caitlin, Karen, Kylesha. When I talk about that, it goes right over your head. You missed it. You missed it. That was me going on on them and their community. You miss it. But then when I talk about you, oh, there he is again. <laughs> like what? I'm an equal opportunity getter. I won't let nobody get away with nothing. I will get you for show, but you will miss it. I talk about everybody equally. But y'all, you always talking good about white women, but when it comes to, you must love white women. But here I am over here talking about, they use the same brush for their hair as the dog brush. They'll brush their dog hair out like this, and then they'll brush their hair. Then they be in there, you be smelling their hair. <sighs> Smells like herbal essence. Peaches and cream. You missed the entire thing. Huh? <laughs> they be missing it. I'm telling y'all. Anyway, eating bowls of dog food. All right, Kaylin Ferguson says, Coach, I don't know if you know this, but if you watch a LeBron James interview, he really doesn't speak that coherently. There's a lot of broken English in the sentence. This goes to your physical, mental, and chronological age theory. Yeah, and then athletes tend to suffer from what attractive women or young women in general suffer from is that many of them don't develop, right? They don't need to develop because they're already high achievers. Um, I actually just saw, and LeBron does well. He's good at public relations, but he still suffers from, you know, he, he has years of speaking broken, right? And he also does what we call code switching, which we all do, but he code switches. Russell, West, Russell Wilson code switches bad. It's bad. Like, he'll go all the way ignorant, and then he'll go all the way proper. Broncos, let's ride. 
And then he'll be over there. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? He code switches so bad. It's ridiculous. But LeBron James tries. Zion Williamson, on the other hand, he ain't even put no effort into it. He's put zero effort into it. Zero in public relations. And it's bad. You're looking at him going, oh, man, this is bad. You're like, oh, my. Dude, try to take one speech class. Hire someone to at least tell you how to get through a conversation. Well, um, um, uh, uh, uh. You're worth millions of dollars, man. Millions. Take one class. Take one Toastmasters meeting. Just one. You can't, you can't be worth that and be a machine like this and have future, have a future, and then talk like that. It's bad. Kamala Harris is disastrous as a speaker. Disastrous. Yeah, Anthony Anders, Anthony Edwards, disastrous. He's Anthony Edwards is the epitome of chronological age, mental age, and physical age. If you ever see Lamar Jackson too, Lamar Jackson, horrible. I'm like, dude, Lamar, oh my God. Like, dude, are you serious? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, please take one class. Please take a class in presentation. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, LeBron James all did that. And they always, you know, Magic Johnson sound horrible when he just came out of school and he did figure out how to do presentation. Doesn't mean he start talking white. But um, they're going to be just like we talked about the Southern accent. People are going to think you're dumber, slower because you have this accent. But you got to at least practice it. You got to at least practice it. Uh, Anthony Edwards has given zero effort. Lamar Jackson, zero. And you can tell it's actually uncomfortable. But yeah, what's his name? Um, Anthony Edwards is funny. Shaquille O'Neal, I think, has done a great job as well, le learning that, okay, I'm going to not be a basketball player forever. But he does, he can't help it because his voice is too low. So sometimes you can't really understand him because he has a low voice. He can't help it. But he still does at least give an effort. But Lamar Jackson, I'm like, God dang, he can't even look in the screen. He'd be like uncomfortable. Like, you a quarterback of a franchise. You ain't me. You haven't. You're not going to get paid, bro. But anyway, I know people want to say that shuffling and all this. Look, this is a game. You want to play the game or not? I'm playing to win. Magic Johnson show. <laughs> but it's a game, man. And the guys, you will not figure. By the time it becomes important, it's going to be too late. By the time it becomes important, he says, you got to play the game. By the time it becomes important, it's going to be too late. And then you're going to realize, I think Michael Vick does a good job as well. And obviously he's on TV. Deion Sanders is another one. Deion Sanders is another one that figured out, oh, you know what? I need to figure this out. All right, man, we getting sideways. We getting sideways. So shout out to, but LeBron does, at least I think LeBron tries. He. <laughs> LeBron code switches too. And I think LeBron, I don't know. I don't know. I got an interesting conversation. We should maybe break down LeBron. He's interesting. I think he's a try hard. I think he tries hard to go back. LeBron had to, you got to remember, LeBron did grow up in kind of Akron, but he's been always a pedestalized at a very young age. And I think he tries to revert back to street when it's not necessary. I think his timing is bad. But I'm just being critical of the guy. He's worth a billion dollars. 
He don't care about what I say, but I think he reverts back to something I think he's not. I don't know what that is. Sometimes it's a little uncomfortable to see. It's kind of like, mm, your time is kind of off. Like, you don't need to do that. Like, you could, you don't need to go there. You know what I mean? You could just. Shout out to LeBron. I hope he watches this show. Kaylin says, part of being a wife material is being loyal and not a 304. Sometimes men have to sacrifice her attractiveness if they want to get married. That's absolutely true. And women do this as well, and we call them out for that. But yes, when you're talking about who you want to marry, sacrifice a little bit on the hotness scale. You have to. By the way, let me tell you a quick mirror story. Then we'll get into Lizzo. So I'm at the dog park playing with Nova, <laughs> giving her exercise. Someone's offended right now. And another couple was at the dog park. The male I knew, the man in the couple I knew, I seen the wife once in passing, walking my dog, but she happened to be there with the dog. Our dogs look similar. So we were playing, throwing the ball, exercising our dog. The wife was there. And, you know, I don't really don't address wives unless she addressed me. And the wife was there. And at one point, at one point, the wife takes her cell phone. This is her cell phone. And she's kind of, they have a baby too. So they have a newborn baby. But the wife turns her back to us and she's looking in her phone like this. And she's kind of looking in kind of the baby's right in front of her, but her back is to us. We're on the field with the dogs. Now, the wife had thrown some shade on him already. Like, uh, shade, white shade is like this, where she says, really, honey? Are you serious, honey? She had threw some white shade to the husband already. This is all what we call death by a thousand cuts. Now, if a wife does that to you in public, that's shade, right? And the what the husband did wasn't that bad. It was kind of like he threw the ball over the fence or something like that or threw, threw it too far. Really, honey? She threw wife shade at him. And I was like, mm, I caught it. So I was like, that's not good when wives do that, especially in front of other people. Wives pay attention. You don't do this. But wives tend to do this, especially white wives. They tend to do that to, the, to their man. And that's emasculation. That's just emasculation. Um, and it causes some sort of fracture or it appears that there's some sort of fracture or tension. Many times wives do that either intentionally or uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable, right? And they don't know what else to say. So they say something dumb, okay? She could have just kept her mouth completely shut. If she wanted to say something about that and correct his behavior, if, she, if you will, she could have done that and addressed him in private. But no, she had to put it out in public. So what she then did was, and this is why I tell you, people in relationships act like everything's okay, but they are dealing with these insecurities and these stresses, and it's kind of a little bit at a time. So as she's on her phone, she has her back to us. Now, the husband, after a few minutes of seeing this, you know what he does? He walks over towards her quietly. He's playing with the dog previously. He walks over towards her. And I can already see he's trying to look over her shoulder at what the hell she was doing. And then he see he walking, he's getting closer, and she just a tap, 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 tap. He walks around her and he's looking what the hell you're doing. And I'm saying, see, that right there is a prime example of what married people call normal activity. That bullshit right there, that stuff right there. 
Now you do that every day, every day, every day, every day. You think you're loyal. You think your marriage is good. That marriage is on the rocks. That marriage is on shaky ground. He doesn't trust her. Or she's comfortable doing activity or there's a past there. That's stress that I don't like. I don't like a person doing that to me. I don't like having to worry about stuff like that. It's better to be single. If he has to do that to his wife that's at the dog park with him that allegedly just had his baby, who knows that that's his baby. If he has to do that, they don't have a good marriage. Mm. Their marriage is on the rocks. <laughs> Period. He need to go take a DNA test on that baby because he has something uncomfortable about her cell phone behavior. And it and it looked, it was just a snippet of time that I looked and I saw it coming, right? And this is what I can peep out about many of your relationships. You claim to be happy, you're not. You claim to be trustful, you're not. You claim to be in trusting relationships, you're not. It's always in the back of your mind. Not only did I see a little bit of shade that she threw towards him in public, the next thing you know, his ass got uncomfortable with her texting with her back to us for three minutes. It was just about two or three minutes. She was just, she stopped the conversation. She completely disengaged with us. And while he was over here on the dog park, he decided, hmm, he decided, skirt, let me go see what this biatch is doing. <laughs> Somebody says, I like his odds. Yeah, there's a 70% chance. And I'm sitting there like, God dang. And yes, Crystal, Crystal, are you a real female? I wonder sometimes. Because Crystal, you be telling on women. What Crystal just said, you owe me feet pictures, baby, if you're a real woman. She said she saw an opportunity and took it. Exactly. Let me see if I can pop that up on the screen. I'm going to pop that up on the screen. This is real game right here. This is real game. Sometimes I don't know, sister. Oh, you, okay, you a light-skinned sister? Okay. Hey, see me after the show. Is that you? Wait a minute. And that's you. Don't get distracted by her picture, y'all. She saw an opportunity. <laughs> so I said, he don't trust me. She saw an opportunity and took it, meaning... Meaning, while he was away, while the cat's away, the mice will play. Oh, he ain't watching. He's distracted by Coach CGA. They're distracted doing their dog thing. And she went full, let me get this message in now because I know he'll be over here in a few minutes. And I know we'll be home in a few minutes and I won't get this opportunity now. So she went, tat, 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 tat. that's what I'm talking about. And that's what people do in relationships. If he felt that uncomfortable about her tech, if they were such a good marriage, if they were such a good marriage, he would never have to have thought about that. Yet they just got a newborn baby and he still, he still feels uncomfortable. I'm like, man, bullshit. By the way, by the way, she was not that attractive. <laughs> the wife. The wife was young-ish. I would say they're probably early 30s. Early 30s, maybe mid-30s. She was a plain Jane. She. This is what she looked like. She definitely just got out of the shower. She definitely looked like Master Splinter. Okay, She was looking like this. And she had on her evening yoga pants and her T-shirt. 
She had her hair combed back. She had just got out the shower. She definitely looked like Master Swinner. She was pale, plain Becky. I mean, it wasn't like she was fine. And this ninja still looking over. <laughs> Man, this is what I'm talking about, guys. That type of stress, either from her or from me, is no bueno. It ain't worth it to me. I've been there, done that. I don't got time for the bullshit. All right, let's get back to Lizzo. Let's get to Lizzo. Oh, pro blacks, y'all might wanna, y'all might wanna go right now. Let's give an opportunity for the pro blacks. I appreciate y'all for being here. Um, it's time to go because y'all are gonna get offended right now. But I just went in on Kaylee's and Becky's. I'm gonna put up this disclosure right now. Okay, I'm gonna put this up. We gotta speak real right now. But this is going to be a little bit painful. But I have to do my best to educate. If you're going to simp or you're going to say it's the white man's fault, I don't know what to tell you. This is not going to be your part of the show. But uh, let's go ahead and give them an opportunity to leave right now today's show. Thank you, man, for being here. Y'all showed up late anyway. I appreciate y'all. Um, There's going to be cat. There's a there's a caches and prizes on the actually on the out. Somebody will be giving you a bag. There'll be coupons for M&M soul food and hog mogs and. All kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Now and laters and Fanta orange high C drinks, high fructose corn syrup, government cheese or whatever's going to be on the outside right, right there. There's going to be, are they gone? Are they gone? All right, they're, they're gone. All right, shout out, all right, shout, I appreciate y'all. But this is going to be an education. I don't say this to demean black women, okay? I didn't say this one. I didn't have to preface that when I talked about white women, but for some reason, I missed it. Y'all missed that part of the show. Now we're going to talk about sisters and uh, we're going to talk about Lizzo. And we're going to talk about the imagery that Lizzo represents that some of you people are don't understand because you're just stuck in her empowerment and you're stuck in her. The fact that she's an entertainer and that she entertains the deaf, dumb and blind and the masses. Um, we're going to show her playing a 200 year flute, degrading its importance, degrading the history of America and whatnot. And all of these things that some pro blacks don't care about. So that's why I had asked them to leave. But we're going to teach you here about the minstrel show. Many of you guys are watching minstrel shows. You might be even to say that this is a minstrel show because I do a form of entertainment, but I try to still hold some masculine frame and educate you at the same time while I'm doing the minstrel show. But there's a lot of minstrels out here in the essence of slow, uh, um, slow, uh, 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 what do you call them? Mumble rappers. There's plenty that I can name, but I don't want to degrade them or demean them. But there's plenty of them that are just minstrel show characters. Okay, some of them have now then claimed, well, I'm not really a minstrel. I'm actually was valedictorian in my high school class, which means they're playing dumb. Even Jay-Z talked about this. I have to dumb things down. Even Lauren Hill talked about this. I add an M effort so the ignorant niggas hear me. Right? Even they talked about this. They're playing a character. Lauren Hill was very intelligent, but she played a dumb character, right? She dumbed herself down. Jay-Z dumbed himself down. He's actually now a billionaire business owner. So with that being said, what they're doing is doing a menstrual show. They're acting, but you guys have lived these lives like they're not acting. Okay. Little John's character, very intelligent brother, but he even said, I had to dumb myself down. Yeah, playing a menstrual character. So what you're seeing from Lizzo is a menstrual character, but she's doing a stereotype, which is a mix of the Sapphire, the Mammy, and the Jezebel. 
that. And we're going to give you an education here before we show you what goes on here. And I'll use evidence here. I'll use evidence here. Um, here it is right here. This is from Ferris State University. So we're using academia to describe this. And let me read it to you in my best attempt to read. Now, you're going to recognize some of these symbolisms when you look at people's TikTok, when you when you think about how people use stereotypes as behavior. Like we talked about that woman that got pulled over. She was representing the Sapphire. Okay. And then people will be mad when that stereotype is used against them. But it's attitude and it's you go girl. But then when they use it against you, it's racist or stereotype. Now, let me just say this as we go along here. Sorry, before we educate, because I got to do a lot of prefacing here. White people deal with these stereotypes as well. The dumb blonde woman, the Karen. There's a lot of these representations of white folks doing this too. And when I get down into the Sapphire, I'm going to show you this in the, in the essence of entertainment and pro wrestling. These characters have been used, but it's not just black people being affected to buy it. But we send, tend to always hear black people complain about the stereotype being used against you. Okay. The other people just deal with it. Uh, bear with me when we get there. Let me just read this. This is from Ferris State University. This is obviously, I believe this is in Michigan. And he's going to talk about the Sapphire caricature. Says the Sapphire caricature portrays black women as rude, loud, malicious, stubborn, stubborn, and overbearing. That was basically represented in the video that we showed you of the woman getting pulled over. But this is also kind of a mix of what Lizzo does. Loud, malicious, stubborn. Hey, Lizzo, you might want to change that. Stubborn. No, I ain't going to change nothing. And overbearing. Definitely a Lizzo. This is the angry black woman popularized in cinema and on television. You guys watch these shows and then you laugh, but then when they portray that as you, you get mad. She is a tart-tongued and emasculating. She is tart-tongued and emasculating. On one hand, well, sorry, one hand on a hip and the under, other hand pointing and jabbing. Violently and rhythmically rocking her head, mocking African-American men for offenses ranging from being unemployed to sexually pursuing white women. God dang. Do y'all hear this? This is from a university called the Jim Crow Museum. I'm sure some black folks put this together. Do you hear this? I'm going to repeat this. Because you're hearing this now. You ninjas are broke. You only make $45,000 average a year. You ninjas ain't doing this. You're going overseas. You're going passport. You're a low grade. You ain't got no money. You love white women. I'm going to read this again. She is a tart tongue. And I keep saying that. She is tart tongue and emasculating. One hand on a hip and the other pointing and jabbing violently, rhythmically rocking her head, mocking African-American men for offenses ranging from being unemployed, you ninjas broke, you dirty, you dusty, to sexually pursuing white women. She is a shrill nagger. <laughs> it says nagger there. With irrational states of anger and indig indignant and is often mean-spirited and abusive. Now, this is a caricature. They're not saying black women are this. They're saying this is the caricature called Sapphire. They're not saying black women are this. Just remember. They're saying the caricature of Sapphire is this. Now, many people are playing this on a daily basis. They're doing this because you learned it from your mother and she learned it from her grandmother and they learned it from watching Good Times. 
And then they learned it from watching whatever show that you watch. Martin and all of these characters, which are basically minstrel shows. And then you think that's you. You think that's your culture. You think that's how you should act. Then reality shows, uh, Bad Girls Club and whatever these reality shows are. Then you start acting like it, which is a caricature. And it says right here, although African-American men are her primary targets, she has venom for anyone who insults or disrespects her. The police video. The police video that we just showed. So people can't say, no, that's not true. We just showed you a video where she did exactly this. And she doesn't realize she's playing a caricature. The Sapphire desires to dominate and her hypersensitivity. Wait a minute. The Sapphire desires to dominate and her hyperinsensitivity to injustices make her a perpetual complainer. But she does not criticize to improve things. Rather, she criticizes because she is unendingly bitter and wishes that unhappiness onto others. The police video is exactly that. We showed you that earlier. Remember, I do a lot of foreshadowing. I script these shows out. I don't just come in here and talk. I'll read it again. The Sapphire's desire to dominate and her hypersensitivity to injustices make her a perpetual complainer, but she does not criticize to improve things. Rather, she criticizes because she's unendingly bitter and wishes that unhappiness on to others. The Sapphire caricature, remember, we're talking about a caricature. The Sapphire caricature is harsh, is a harsh portrayal of African-American women, but it is more than important. It is more than that. It is a social control mechanism that is employed to punish black women who violate the social norms and societal norms that encourage them to be passive, servile, or servile, non-threatening, and unseen. So you're seeing that now. Oh, I ain't going to be passive. I ain't going to get walked all over. I must be seen as a threat. But then the, the, the reverse of that is that's going to be seen as pick me. They have several caricatures here. I'm going to show you some. Several caricatures. Sapphire Stevens. From the 1800s through the mid-1900s, black women were often portrayed in popular culture as sassy mammies. This is where the mammy's going to come in. Who ran their own homes with iron fists, including berating black husbands and children. These women were allowed, at least symbolically, to defy some racial norms. During Jim Crow period, when real blacks were often beaten, jailed, and killed, and or killed for arguing with whites, fictional mammies were allowed to pretend, chastise whites, including men. So this is the movie. Remember the movie where um, I believe it was called The Help, where the woman did was the help around the house and she would chastise the white kids and pretend chastise the white woman and pretend chastise and, and give the woman a, a pie made out of poop. See, the woman can do that. The black woman can do that. And it could be, oh, yeah, she could see she's getting it back. But the black man can't do nothing like that. You can't take a pretend poop pie to your white male boss. You get lynched. But in this culture of the caricature, this is an existing thing that has been pushed and you've been conditioned to believe that this is what represents women. Their sassiness was supposed to indicate that they were accepted as members of the white family 
and acceptance that sassiness implied that slavery and segregation segregation were not overly oppressive. A well-known example of a sassy mammy was Hattie McDaniels, a black actress who played feisty, quick-tempered mammies in many movies, including Judge Priest, Music is Magic, The Little Colonel, Alice Adams, Saratoga, The Mad Miss Manton, and Gone with the Wind, in which she won, I believe, Best Supporting Actress, if I'm not mistaken, or she was at least, um, she was at least, um, nominated i can't i can't remember if she won or not okay it was not until the amos and andy radio show that this characterization of african-american women as domineering aggressive and emasculating shrews became popularly associated with the name sapphire the show was conceived by freeman gosden and charles coral new 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 world order two white actresses Two white actors who portrayed the characters Amos and Andy by mimicking and mocking black behavior and dialects. At its best, Amos and Andy was a situation comedy, and at its worst, it was an auditory minstrel show. Now, there's been shows that have been very much like that throughout time. Remember, I took that class in college, and we went through this period. This is why I know this period. And then it, in essence, became what Norman Lear became to black folks. They got a they gave black people the characters, the JJ, the um, what was the girl's name? I can't remember her name. The the angry dad who couldn't he was struggling. He couldn't keep his family aboard above board. And then the mammy was the mom. And they represented which were written by white. The script was written by white folks. <laughs> Just like Amos Amos and Andy's original radio show was white folks. Thelma, who was the other guy? So many of these characters that we relate to, oh, yeah, oh, I knew people like that, were actually pushed forward by new, 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 new world order. these caricatures, caricatures that came directly from Amos and Andy. Amos and Andy was not that far behind good times. Like it was a 30-year difference. It was a blip in the time. But we looked at it as entertainment. Oh, there's nothing wrong with this. These are black folks. And obviously there's black writers behind this. Nope. No, there's not. And then you push forward. Martin show, which we still uphold all day was funny. Many times you realize, oh, wait, the writers were white. The producers were white. Oh, wow. Medea represents the mammy. The belligerent, angry sapphire. Okay, I mean, come on. <laughs> James, Ev James Evans was the dad. Yeah, shout out to James. So these people that you think is representing your culture was actually pushed forward by uh, people who were not part of your culture. And we still embrace them to this day. Dynamite was definitely way back reflection of the slow Amos and Andy or um, the um, um, slip in my mind. Uh, the step in, not step and fetch it. Think it was step and fetch it. All right. Yeah, step in, Sanford and Son was mostly by whites. We're going to get to that. Wait till we get to Sanford and Son. We're going to show you that the Sapphire uh, escalated even to Sanford and Son. Let me go down here. Let me go down a little bit. Now, these caricatures that your grandmother portrayed is what many women today are now today. Like a Lizzo came back from several generations of people watching this Sapphire, watching this, what you would call the Jezebel, this menstrual show that was not created by blacks. Or if, if it was created by blacks, they used the stereotypes to heighten them on the television show or through the radio and through music. It says right here, 
they had a um, let me go down because they're going to go more in the Amos and Andy. It says right here, later sapphires in situational comedies. Later sapphires. Let's go down here. There's Sanford and Son, the Aunt Esther. The Aunt Esther represented the sapphire. And we laughed about her. You bumbling fool, you idiot, you boo boo boo. And she would hit people with the purse and she would, and we laugh. Right? The sapphire in the Jeffersons was the maid, which was Marla Gibbs. She was a sapphire. That sapphire is ever present. You bug eye, fish eye, fool. Yeah, Mike Reed. You bug eye, fool. You get it, sucker. The jiving character, the jiving, the jiving. This is all, especially black exploitation films. You're going to see that later on as well. They represented the sapphire. Even you can go down and say Michelle Obama. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I've done some dumb things. And I'll do dumb things again. Now, remember, I told y'all to leave. I told y'all to leave. Michelle Obama. Represented. Her caricature was the sapphire. She was everything that we described earlier, the domineering. She was the head of the household. Even though Obama was the president, <laughs> she dominated. She dominated Barack Obama, the president. Yeah, Della Reese. I mean, there's too many characters of this. There's, there's too many. But then what happens is we think black people wrote it, but white folks wrote this or somebody else wrote this and it was just a heightened stereotype. But then you see it play out in real life. Okay, let's continue. I know people don't want to go here. We are not too far separated from this time period. Okay, and I'm going to show you another example of a woman they actually named Sapphire. Hold on, y'all. Hold your hats. They named her Sapphire. And they pushed it out into public. Let me give you this, and we're going to go into the woman named Sapphire. <laughs> it says right here, Aunt Esther, also called Aunt Anderson was a sapphire character on the television show, situational comedy, Sanford and Son, which premiered on NBC in 1972 with the final episode in 77. 77. She was the Bible-swinging, angry nemesis and sister-in-law of the main character, Fred, Fred Sanford. Theirs was a love-mostly-hate relationship. Fred would call Aunt Esther ugly. We see men doing this to black women, unfortunately, today. And she would call him a fish-eye-fooled old sucker and a beady-eyed heathen, which people do this to me. Oh, you about 60 years old, you old sucker. This is sapphire. This is caricature. When you go in on a man's age like that, and you well, disqualify him, you just an old fool. Sapphire. Okay, all right, here we go right here. Says then they would threaten to hit each other. Aunt Esther dominated her husband, Woodrow. He was the simp, a mild-mannered alcoholic. And he used probably alcohol to get through his relationship. In their latter relationship, you had an idea of, wait, you had an, you have an idea of an aggressive black woman dominating a weak, moral, defective black man. The situational comedy, Good Times, says right here, aired from 74 to 79. The show featured the life of the Evans family in Chicago housing project modeled on the infamous Cabrini Green project. This was one of the first times that a poor family had been highlighted in a weekly television show. 
uh, episodes of The Good Times dealt with Evans' attempt, the Evans's attempt to survive despite living in suffocating poverty. There were several racial, racial caricatures on the show, most notably the son, James Evans Jr., JJ, who developed into a coon like minstrel. Now, again, I actually did read a book on this. His original caricature was not this. But because he started doing dynamite and doing the caricature, they actually pushed it forward and he became the main character. But he was really a background character until they start to go excessively coon-like on him. After the first season, here it is. The episodes increasingly focused on J.J.'s stereotypically buffoonish behavior. Esther Roll, the actress who played the role of Florida Evans, the mother, expressed her dislike for J.J.'s character in a 1975 interview with Ebony Magazine. Quote, he's 18 and he doesn't work. He can't read or write. He doesn't think. The show didn't start off like that. Little by little, with the help of the artist, Jake, which was the actor, I suppose, you know who's you know who she wants to call out? New, 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 new world. It was not the actor, it was Norman Lear or whoever the writers were. Same thing with Steve Urkel, right? Steve Urkel. He was not the part, the main show, but then they started making him coon like minstrel. Guys, there's nothing new under the sun. Because they couldn't do that on me. They had to make JJ more stupid and enlarge the role. Negative image had been slipped in on us through the characters of the oldest child. All right, she's going in on this one right here. It says right here, in good times, a character that bantered with and mocked JJ was his sister, Thelma. Now we're getting into the Sapphire, who is Thelma. Y'all don't want no smoke today. Thelma was the Sapphire. Um, Florida Evans was the Mammy. Hmm? It says right here, a clearer example of Sapphire, however, which was Thelma, was the neighbor, oh, Walona Woods. Though she rarely targeted JJ. Instead, Walona belittled Nathaniel Bookman, the overweight superintendent, and she put down a series of worthless boyfriends and ex-husbands, politicians, and other men with questionable morals and work ethics. The, oh, I lost my headphones. The, the Jeffersons. Here we go. The Jeffersons. 1975 to 1985, okay? Says right here, the Jeffersons focused on the upper middle class family that had climbed the work ladder from working class into the show. Um, we finally got a piece of the pie. George and Louise Jefferson uh, were making so much money from their dry cleaning business, and they hired a housekeeper, Florence. Her relationship with George was often antagonistic and the back-talking, wisecracking housekeeper approximated a sapphire. She often teased George about his short stature, balding head, and his decisions. Sounds like me, <laughs> right? And that's you, coach. And that's you. They're not done yet. They're not done yet. Another sapphire character was Pam, on the show Martin, a situational comedy that aired from 70, uh, 92 to 97. Pam was a bad mouth, wisecracking friend foe of the lead character, Martin. 
Tisha Arnold, the actress who played Pam's, wait, Tashina Arnold, the actress who played Pam, plays Rochelle. I didn't know that was her name. I thought it was Pam. Oh, no, that's a different show. Played Rochelle, a domineering, aggressive matriarch in the situational comedy, Everybody Hates Chris, which ran from 2005 to 2009 and still airs on cable today. Arnold had mastered the role of the angry black woman. Okay, here we go. Okay, so again, there's nothing new under the sun. It just kind of progressive, progressive. And what we say is, oh, but Pam, oh, but it was funny. Oh, but yeah, oh, Pam, oh, yeah, she used to go in on Martin. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. All right, so let's go here down uh, further. They're going to talk about black exploitation right here with women with guns, angry black women with guns. And I'm not, I'm not going to read that. Maxine Waters, politically, she is the sapphire, the liberal Democrat. She's always angry. We need to get them. She's the mammy. I'm sorry, she's the sapphire. She portrays a sapphire for sure. And she's antagonistic, tends to be mostly with black men. I believe she's married to a white man, right? There's several examples of this. They're going to go into this. I'll leave the link in the description box if you want to read it. But this show, this is Michelle Obama as Sapphire. Michelle Obama as Sapphire. And they show her here on this picture right here, her holding a gun, her being the domineering, her the one calling out antagonizing white folks, put, putting white folks in their place. Oh, go get them, Michelle. Yeah, put tell them what to do. And they try to put it in here. Now, you guys can read this. or You can say a white man wrote it. This is in the Jim Crow Museum. I don't think so. Okay. Now. Now, 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 now. Let's go back. Sorry. Let's go back. I'll leave a link in the description box. I'm going to read this right here. Extracting from a book called Black Women's Portrayal on Reality Television, The New Sapphire says right here, the extract from this book, if you guys want to read it, you can pull it up there. The Mammy, the Jezebel, and the Sapphire are three representational stereotypes of black womanhood arising at various historical moments in Western media culture. The Mammy, synonymous with the trademark Aunt Jemima, created a alluring symbolic link between blackness and servitude. Mammies uh, appeared in commodity advertising and in film as overweight, subservient, and happy-to-please servants. Now, Lizzo represents a little bit of that. The Jezebel, born out of chattel slavery, was also reproduced in film. Jezebel, which we see pushed out now by um, uh, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, Little Kim, Lizzo. This is all, there's nothing new under the sun. Just be reckless with your body. Oh, yeah, this is this is empowerment. It's nothing but the Jezebel character. It says Jezebel's character characterized black women as sexually depraved, immoral, and lascivious. Lizzo represents a little bit of the mammy and the Jezebel. In contrast, the Sapphire was born on television. While the Sapphire first appeared on Amos and Andy's radio show, the stereotype was reborn when it transitioned to television in 1951. Sapphires are angry, emasculating, and loud black women. So Lizzo represents a mixture of all three. This is why I'm calling it what it is here. Um, and it says right here, the new Sapphires ask how the Sapphire of traditional television have reappeared on reality television. It also considers where and how this new Sapphire replicates and departs from historical portrayals. 
interesting stuff. Now, let me give you this. Let me give you this. There was a World Wrestling Federation character, now called the WWE, in the late to mid to late 90s, who was a black woman. And her name was Sapphire. <laughs> this is in modern times. Modern. I mean, this is not that long ago. We're talking about less than 25 years ago. Her name was Sapphire. <laughs> I remember my mother, and this is where I got clued in. I remember my mother was watching it, and I was like teenager. And uh, I'm watching it. My mother's watching it, and they're like, wait, what did they call her? And I was like, Sapphire. I had no clue. She was like, what? She was like, wait, 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 wait. That woman's name is Sapphire? And I'm like, yeah. I had no clue, just like you guys are walking around deaf, dumb, and blind. You have no clue. But they're telling you through often conditioning you and just accept, oh, well, her name is Sapphire. What's the big deal? Now, the WWF and professional wrestling, let me just say this. They've been historically racist to everyone. I don't want to belabor this point and just say they're racist to blacks. Racist to everyone. You think about the Iron Sheik with Iran. You think about Sergeant Slaughter doing the whole thing with Colonel Mustafa and Iron Sheik with the whole Iraqi thing. You think about some of the things they push forward in relationship to uh, people from Russia. The first main characters were often even the guy who goes by um, um, Fritz von Erich was a bad guy who represented the German coming from World War II. You also have Baron von Roski who represented the SS Army. You, you had um, cowboys. You had white men represented poorly. Ted DiBiase was the rich, greedy Wall Street guy. He was the rich white man. You also have positive portrayals of white people as the American hero, the white meat baby face, blonde, Hulk Hogan, Lex Luger. You also had Mr. Perfect, who had Aryan features, and they called him perfect. Okay? So there's always some racist stuff going on here. So let's just not say they're racist. You had the wild Samoans who were crazy you had people from uganda kamala coming out of the ugandan jungle and he only had some little handler there was always racism virgil was the servant to ted dibiase he was the slave servant and would do anything for the money razor ramon hello chico for latinos and people that were scarface representation representation the bushwhackers the new zealand sheep herders there's always some that's kind of how they get characters over all right they get characters over doing these representations. So when we talk about this, I'm not trying to paint professional wrestling in a light that they're racist against blacks, okay? They're racist against everybody. They had a guy named The Undertaker who was dead, all right? They were racist against uh, pallbearers and okay, Roddy Piper, Scotland, the angry Scotland guy who couldn't control his temper, temper, okay? So they're known to push racism and racist caricatures all across the board. Junkyard Dog, the jiving, dancing, Coco Beware, jiving, dancing, Slick, the jiving, dancing. So there's history of, of uh, racism, okay? So, but, but talking about what we're talking about, Sapphire, Lizzo, this is an overweight woman, angry, bitter, aggressive towards white female valets, mostly. She's with the low... Trailer Park Trash, speaking of Trailer Park Trash, wrestling did highlight Trailer Park Trash as well as white boys. They had a tag team called the Dirty White Boys. So 
come on, guys. Let's not just put this as they're racist against blacks. They've been racist against just about everybody, and that's how they get characters over. But here's Sapphire dancing, shucking, jiving, angry against white women valets, and then with a piece of white trash, which was the symbol of Dusty Rhodes. He's just an American, you know, plumber, average common man. And they would shuck and jive and jamble and dance. They would get her out there and she just, so, and she got paid for this. They also have homosexual characters like Billy and Chuck and Goldust. So they've, they've run the gamut of all of these characters. But the idea that they can push that to you and you completely miss it is very, very common. And what I'm saying today is Lizzo is exactly this. So if anybody defends Lizzo, well, she represents this and she's this and this inclusion, you don't realize that this is just Mammy, Sapphire, and Jezebel all wrapped into one. Okay? So let's go ahead and find out. Let's go ahead and look at it. Who, If you want to deny what we're talking about here, I don't know, man. I'm trying to educate some people here. Trying to educate you. Let's go ahead and see what we're talking about. Lizzo, I just made flute history. She plays James Madison's 200. If you guys don't know, James Madison was the president of the United States. 200-year flute. So for some reason, somebody said, yeah, let's give her a 200-year flute which represented American history. Let's shit on it. Let's drag her out here nearly naked in the emblematic of the Jezebel and have her then do the whole idea of the um, going to the next one, which would be the mammy, the endearing qualities. Okay, Then go into the stubbornness of the, because once she defends herself, she goes into the stubbornness of the sapphire. All right, here we go. Let's go ahead and play this. Many of you guys are living this out in your daily lives, by the way. And this is nothing but stereotypes given to you, given to you by others, not your own people. By the way, there you go right here. This person brings this uh, crystal. It's a crystal flute. So, I mean, who who walks away? Uh, I'm, Who's presenting themselves like this? You don't see many other races of people presenting themselves like this, but they can push this easily and you accept it easily because this is nothing different from what you've watched as entertainment in the past. Okay? New, 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 new world order. So the, the flute again belonged to, I believe, former President James Madison or President James Madison, who is now dead. Okay. <laughs> Somebody said the crowd is paid to cheer. Uh, and so now she's going to play this and show you her talent, which is going to be pretty much irrelevant at this point. So because she can do that, which is not everybody can do that. We're supposed to excuse the entire presentation. Well, she's talented. <laughs> okay. And? And then what does she do? She uh, adopts the Jezebel because playing the instrument enough, 
just playing that talented was not good enough. Just playing the flute was not good enough. Now you got to throw in the Jezebel. Now you got to throw in the Sapphire once she tries to defend this because she's going to defend this and she's going to come out aggressively swinging like the Sapphire. Okay, let's go ahead and play it. And now you've got the minstrel show. Okay, now you got the full out minstrel show right there. Wow. Oh my God, dynamite. Oh wow, look at me. Now it's minstrel show. <laughs> so this is me making a low level achievement. Kind of the, the, um, the, the be, being a disgrace, low level achievement. Now I'm going to play minstrel show. Eyes, yep, she bucked her eyes. She bucked her eyes and all of that. Now, here we go. Here come the tap. Here come the shuffling. Here come the shuffling. And y'all call me Uncle Tom. Here come the shuffling. What did that? That's, that's, the, that's the sapphire right there. She immediately got in the sapphire by being what? Crude, rude. She starts saying the B word, B, I just did this, blah, 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 blah. All wrapped in the one. <laughs> all wrapped in the one. Guys, and you guys think there's something new under the sun. That's all she is, man. And this is here to influence the deaf, dumb, and the blind. This is here to influence people who don't understand what history is. She's no different from, from Florence Henders, a Florence from, from the Jeffersons. She's no different from Thelma or or the other woman, the, 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 the other bad foul mouth woman on the show, Good Times. She's no different from Nell Carter on Give Me a Break. She's no, this is no difference. They just wrapped her up into a new person and made her the agent of chaos. Here we go. Buck, buck in the eyes. Buck in the eyes. And now a new group of people get to see this, right? And they don't know what's coming. So um, when it comes to what black people want to achieve, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm down with y'all, you know, if y'all want to really do this. But the Library of Congress, instead of going to some people who are right minded and headed in the right direction, they give their attention to Lizzo, of all people. Joe Biden has done this and lowered the bar and gave her attention to his attention to Cardi B and not you. Oh, there you go right there. Fair use to TMZ. Um, fair use. So there you go. If you guys really want to know what this is about, uh, there's nothing new under the sun, and we just gave you a hysterical, uh, historical. She talked about history being made. The history is you're nothing new. You're just a stereotype and a caricature and a negative one at that. And young people don't know the difference. Neither do older people. You guys just think she's entertaining. What's wrong with her, coach? Well, why are you so put? Why are you going in on Lizzo? She's just playing the flute and she barely twerked. But you're mad at me and you're mad at men for getting their passports and skedaddling. You're mad at men for get dating white women. You're mad at men for code switching. You're mad at men. But what you're doing is way worse. Way worse. Let's get to these super chats, man. I hope you guys learned something today. The flute was defiled. It's a clown show. She's a clown. And she shouldn't be looked at anything other than the menstrual clown. I mean, listen, she does have talent, but that that that's that's small potatoes to what she's actually being represented as. 
Nothing new, man. Shout out to uh, Loud Pocket says pumpkin spice cold brew at Starbucks from. Yes. You know, I love me a pumpkin spice. Damien, shout out to you, brother. Brian Horsley's in the building. Thank you, sir, for being here. All right. Here we go, man. Craig is in the building. Shout out to you, Craig. You got fired on your day off. He says, keep preaching today. He says, keep, he says, coach is preaching today. I've seen things differently. You got to see things differently, man. I know, but it's a, this is not a popular view of popular culture. And I know this, this is stuff that people will run against. I don't know what argument you can use against me, but people will find one. They're going to say your mama black. I don't know what you're going to say here, but you've been conditioned to do certain things and act a certain way. Just like I say, gang culture. A lot of people went into gang culture mainly because people started highlighting it and you did dumb things in your youth to try to get attention from women and act a certain way, right? Only only because you've been conditioned. How many times as little kids that we said, what you talking about, Willis? And we never realized that that was some dumbass Amos and Andy bullshit. <laughs> How many times did we say, Dino, my? How many times did we say, you old, big old fish-eyed fool, you sucker? How many times have you said, now nah, I got to cut you? <laughs> now nah, I got to cut you. Della Reese. And we just a laughing. <laughs> we just a laughing. And then these characters, and then you get stereotyped, and then you come back and run back and call it racist. Mm, who wrote these words for you? And you call me the shuffling Uncle Town. These, these words weren't even written by your own people. They were actually given to these people who got paid to do it. And then all of a sudden, now you run around. <laughs> Pam called uh, Martin a little short ear, big ear, before, and then it carries on. It carries on. Yep, man. I tell you, man. I'm the one with the information. You're the one with the. You're the deaf, dumb, and blind. But it's okay. You can you can stay sleep. I got dope to sell. Shout out to Larry Leisure paying my dues. He says, "Quote likely substantial loss of life." Quote unquote. Says Sleepy Joe in the aftermath of the hurricane in Florida. Shout out to everybody in Florida and the Caribbeans. He says, at first glance, there are no women first responders or search and rescue teams at all. There will, won't be. Oh, there's a great clip that I might show if we have time. He says, Wadi, he says, keep your feet on their neck. Keep my foot on their neck. He says, brothers, we respect your drive, but you got to have vision. He says, your guilt and lack of self-respect will be your downfall. It's worse at first, but it gets greater later. Shout out, Macaroni Tony is in the building. We respect your drive, but brother, you have to have vision. Remember, I even broke down the idea of the pimp and Mac culture being expressed today by men, dating coaches, and so forth. And many times the dating culture came from the era where pimp and, and, and that culture was magnified and your dad or your uncle was some sort of a pimp or a Mac, and it transcended to you, and now that's the modern-day dating coach. That's where they got it from, which, which that imagery, which was real, but it was pushed through Hollywood and white production companies and writers, and it was pushed onto you, and now you, well, you know, you got to have these hoes, and I got to have, and then it went into rap music. <laughs> and here you are today. Talking about you jump on here, talking about all your hoes. 
Come on, man. You've been conditioned. You got to have vision. <laughs> it ain't, dude. I, I like that the fact that we live in like 2000, the year 2000 and something, and you guys don't think you've been influenced by anything from the 40s and the 50s. Oh, that was olden time, coach. It's all different now. Oh, no, it ain't. You've been conditioned by all of this and you act accordingly. And then you, he said, this information should not be free. Yeah. Oh, but 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 then they will call me sellouts in Uncle Tom's. I swear to God, y'all don't even know what y'all doing out here. Shout out to uh, here we go, PayPal style. Y'all don't know what y'all doing. All you guys are are caricatures many times, all the way down to the. Remember when Tupac went to uh, supposedly court? Remember when Tupac went to court and then he addressed the judge and then he got done and he walked out like George Jefferson and we all laugh and he came out spitting at the camera <laughs> and we all how go get him. Bruh. <laughs> Remember that? What? We're like, what? And we know Tupac wasn't even nothing like that. That wasn't him. We're like, what is this? What, what is this? But we were all thought it was cool and funny and all that stuff. But later on, we had to get a reality check. Reality checks are tough. If you disagree with anything that I'm saying here, I don't know what to tell you. I don't I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm trying. I'm trying. Shout out to Caitlin says Marilyn Monroe was a 304 in a time where female promiscuity was not accepted. Female promiscuity is now accepted and these the 304 still think they deserve marriage. No hymen, no diamond. Well, we're in a vacuum right now where people are living these lives and then they say, well, why are consequences here? I shouldn't have these consequences. This is uh, problematic. Because then a person like Lizzo says, there's no, I should have no consequences. You can't talk negatively about me because I'm protected. However, <laughs> then you push that on the new people and then you just poison new people. Then 20, 30 years down the line, there's another Lizzo. Is this another Sapphire? And these people who are living the consequences of their decisions to follow people like Lizzo, deaf, dumb, and blind-wise, sheeple-wise, they don't know why their life didn't turn out like Lizzo. Why is she rich and I'm still broke and single? Okay, shout out to Thomas Cripps. He says, keep up the good work, coach, so I can. So I could focus on my career. Uh-oh, man, we, we, we done pissed some people off here, but I, I deliver this show and this sermon in a certain way as to make it pretty difficult for you to disagree with me without you sounding completely ignorant. You would have to disagree with everything I presented. You're going to have to go in hardcore and be like, nah, coach, man, this is actually socially or politically, you don't get it. You're going to have to dissect this down. You can't just get in the comment section and pull out one point where I probably perhaps made a mistake or didn't have time to deliver clear thought, but I just gave you 30,000 words today. If you have the nerve to pick out the one thing where I erred, you're the, you're the one, man. You're the problem. Because without giving me my flowers up front, you could say, hey, this is where you made a mistake, coach. You better give me my damn flowers up front before you go in there to try to disrespect what I gave you today. <laughs> Come on. I showed you evidence, information, presented it, put it in proper perspective, then gave you the context and it was a slam dunk. <laughs> All right. Anyway, shout out to Street Side in the building online, Street Side Online. 
All right, where are we at here? Uh, Deadly Edley. We got a couple more, and we're going to clear the deck. RIP to Coolio. He gets an asterisk. Did he got an asterisk? What did Coolio do? I know he had something with the porn, porn, prawn industry. I think he had something with prawn. What did Coolio do? Or did he just die early? Kaylin says, are there super... Are there super attractive women who aren't 304s at all? Yes. Are there some ugly women who are the biggest 304s? Yes. But however, the common denominator is that nearly all women will lie about their body counts. I think we should really put that in the past because they'll never be honest about it. And I think if you worry about it, you're worrying about too much. The best way to try to get an indicator of trying to gamble on that is get a younger woman. And even that is not the best. That's not the best way. But if you get an older woman, you really just don't know and you never will. So if you're wanting that, go to a third world village. I mean, those days are over. <laughs> he says women don't marry men for sexual purposes alone as or as their first thought. It's the income that comes first. Yeah, that's just that's elementary level now. I mean, we've graduated from that. We've accepted those things now. Women, men, women now are like this. And that's you. And it's worse now. It's getting worse. So, you know, there's no fighting it anymore. I know a lot of guys back in the red pill, early red pill days, people would fight it and fight it. These women need to understand. Guys, it's over. The ship has sailed. The ship has sailed, bro. Let's live in reality. If a woman's over the age of 25, I'm not hearing this whole, well, I don't do this, and I can count the number of men I've been in on one hand, and I've been, I've been celibate for five years. Man, just go ahead, put that ship in a bottle, and throw it in a damn ocean. See where it lands 10 years later. It's over. <laughs> That's elementary school now. If you're still there waiting for that turnaround or waiting for the one woman to come up, oh, I've been a virgin all my life. She's 29. <laughs> she had the immaculate conception. She'd been just keeping her head down, focusing on her career. Man, please. It's over, man. Guys, dude, we got to get out of the hope strategy. You better find somebody that's been raised on a Christian camp. And even then, somewhere in the middle of Fresno with no television or a smartphone. She's been making big-ass blankets, sewing them. She's been playing with the paddle and the ball with the damn ball connected with a string like this, a rubber string. That's how she entertained herself. She's been playing paddle like this. <laughs> She'd been having an easy bake oven and then she graduated to wearing a traditional modest dress making a banana bread for fun. <laughs> for fun. Making banana bread for fun. Please. We're gone, man. The ship is sailed. Asteroid sent asteroid. You'd be better off being hit by an asteroid at this particular point than to find that woman. And then think about it. You have to be that man to find that woman. Think of the odds. Now you have to be the guy that's eligible for her, that she qualifies you for. Man, please. It's gone, man. Hey, brothers, it's gone. I'm sorry. It's gone, gone. <laughs> All right, where we at here? Uh, but look, if you want to accept her flaws, that's a whole different thing. If you want to accept her baggage, that's a whole different conversation. But you ain't getting the elementary school women are going to do this and women going to do that. They chose men that they don't sexually satisfy. And we gone from that. It, it's all gone, gone. 
Wake me up before you go, go. You literally got to be this. Okay, you want to, I'm going to tell you. The best way to do this, the best way to do this is grow up with a girl in your neighborhood, okay? You're all early teens, preteens. You grow up around her. Her father's present in her life. You see her. You see her checking in. You don't see her come outside unless her father might be gone from work. She don't even come outside. She has no access to internet, TikTok, or smartphone. As you're growing up, you see her. She wear her books like this. She carrying her books like this. And she wears a big poodle skirt with a poodle sold on the bottom. She never twerks. She, she studies. She be, she be in school like this here. She be in school like this. Taking notes. She don't date none of the football players, none of the thugs, nobody. She goes from school to home. She be behind her computer. She ain't got no social media accounts. She goes from school to home. She studies. She don't go to the Friday football games. Nothing. She don't wear jeans with no holes. She wear all her jeans do not have holes in them. You've watched this for five years. You've seen it from 14 to 19. You went to the same college as she went to. <laughs> and then, oh, shit, what happened? What happened? Oh, I'm still here. My computer went black. And then you married, you would, you would propose to her in college at age 19, like this. This is how you're doing her right here. This is how you're doing her. My screen went black for a second. I didn't know what happened. This is how you proposed to her before she went to school when you came after her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You don't want to be with nobody else but you, baby. Be quiet, man. Okay, I'm trying to start them off. Shit. But you. You're going to be no faithful. You're not going to break us up. And it's just. Look at my ass, ring. baby. That's the truth. The promise ring. Come on. You gave her a promise ring at 17. At 19, you proposed like you were at BYU University. Brigham Young. Brigham Young, as we call him over there. You go to Weber State. You go to BYU. You propose to her at 19. You're engaged 19 to 20. You go off and you do your two years and you do your, I can't remember what they call it. It's slipping my mind. You serve your two years of, um, uh, it's not witnessing, whatever you call it. You come back. She's ready. She has her degree. You have your degree. You knock her up. That's the only way. What is it called? I can't slip my mind. That's the only way, brothers. You seen her. You watched her, you was around her, you was kind of missionary, not missionary. Yeah, you, you serve your Mormon missionary. <laughs> it's not even called it. your mission, sorry. Your Mormon missionary, that's something else. You serve your mission, you do your two-year mission when you're 19, you come back at 21, she's ready to get pregnant. And when she was gone, when you were gone on your mission, she was sewing. She was playing with a paddle ball and a ball like this. She was playing jacks. 
she was learning how to sew and make banana bread and make wooden chairs. <laughs> Come on, bro. You're so bad. That's the only way, bro. And other than that, no. More uh, other than that, absolutely not. Do not hope on to that strategy. It ain't possible. You know nobody like that. You're meeting women there, 29, 30, 35, 34, and you got to ask, what you been doing the last 15 years? And they'd be like, what? And that's you. What have you been doing? They're 40, 45, 49. What have you been doing the last 20, 30 years? They'd be like, it doesn't matter what I've been doing. I've been a good woman, divorced twice, through other men's kids, and haven't had a job, unemployed. I need rent. I need all of that. And I need a good man. I, I'm life material. I need husband applications. And I, <laughs> what the hell? Oh, absolutely not, bro. Absolutely not. That ship has sailed. Shout out to Christopher A. He says, is she still being oppressed? Asking for a friend. There's Lizzo again. So she's now playing the what? The Sapphire plays the victim. And she's belligerent about it. So when she defends herself, she goes from Jezebel to Sapphire. She does this crap. This is crafted, guys. This is not by accident. And if she's not crafting it on purpose, she's actually doing this because she's conditioned to do it. This is carefully crafted. So then she went into I'm oppressed. Remember when the dude, uh, Ari Spears, the black man who she then berated for calling her out, was he was truthful about. It was mean, but it was truthful. And then he went to berate Ari Spears. And then she says, I'm oppressed. And the women are oppressed around her. This is carefully crafted <laughs> um, conditioning. Shout out to Angry Wankle. He says, Coach is a pro black like me. He says, There's levels. Shout out to you. We'll just call you Angry. You gave me your another name, Chris J. I'm more pro black than you actually could imagine, man. I just gave y'all a pro black lesson. And again, the faux pro blacks are going to be after me, man. <laughs> They're going to be like, What? We don't accept this talking about our queen. And I'm like, I literally tried to help all of y'all to recognize that you guys have just been, there are conditions in the world that are being produced by real men, but you don't see the real cause and the effect of your own suffering. Because the bloodsuckers of poor make you think that God is some mystery God. Well, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says to us, that there is 5% who are the poor righteous teachers who don't believe the teaching and lives of the 10%. But this 5% are all wise and they are known as the true and living God. And they are. <laughs> Here we go. Shout out to a uh, brand Nubian. <laughs> Anybody hear a brand Nubian's album? <laughs> y'all, I'm more pro black than y'all know, man. Y'all don't know, man. I know I have I have my third eye. My third eye is wide open. But my third eye helps me see that the black makes God and it ain't no mystery. All right, anyway. So uh anyway. <laughs> Alicia Muhammad. Oh no, man. Coach Alicia Muhammad. Okay, I gotta get to the super chats, man. I gotta get to the super chats. But this is a tough one. This is what makes it hard for me to continue on platforms like this because people don't people don't know what red pill is. People just thinks red pill is just be angry at women. No, I'm not angry at women. And the women that know me, 
He says, the women that know me know I'm not angry at them. They know I understand them. Hence, I'm not easily manipulated. And then even men come in with the spirit of the Jezebel themselves and try to do what? They try to sapphire me. You an old man. You talking what? You're just being a sapphire. You're being a male sapphire. That's all you're doing. You're not, you're not, you're attacking me physically, my physical, based on what I said verbally and what I did to educate you. My appearance means nothing. But if you're a sapphire, it means something. You bug eye fool, you old bald headed ass short uh, troll with the gray beard, your beard gray, you 60 years old. None of that is true. <laughs> and none of that, if it is true, means anything. You're just reacting poor and bitterly at this presentation that I gave you today. We walk in the spirit of Elijah and Adam 3.16 says, I don't give a, that's what it means. All right, but you wish you could do this. All right, shout out to ES, uh, shout out to Jack Vendetta. Did I get you? I did. Jonathan Smith, stop talking about my quarterback coach, LOL, which one? He says, shout out to the Raven flock out here. Kakaw. He says, the Raven Flock Nation, hopefully our defense won't lose the game against the Bills this Sunday like they did against the Dolphins. Well, I don't have, I don't have no room to speak about no football <laughs> anymore. All right, if we lose, the Raiders lose on Sunday, I'm out. Shout out to Vaughn says, this is why true channels have low subscriptions. He says, people want to live in fantasy and too lazy to correct themselves. Yep, I would say people could do an about face based on the information that I gave y'all just on the Sapphire character. That could tell you a whole bunch about your life. But you know what you would have to do, and it's tough. You would have to say your whole life has been a lie up to this point. Uh-oh. You would have to look at your life and everything you've done, and it has been a complete, total lie. Now, not many people want to do that. Everything you enjoy in turn entertainment in terms of entertainment, everything you consumed, everything you praised, everything you pedestalized, everything you uplifted has been to your destruction. And you lived it out and played it out. You turned into Ice Cube and NWA. Shout out to them. But you turned into NWA, which was nothing but a front push by Jerry Heller. And everything that you enjoyed and consumed after that, from a B is a B and I ain't the one, has been to your destruction. It hasn't been to your, it hasn't been to your benefit. And that fam, that entire family tree was not a concoction of the black community. It was a hyper, it was a hyper push to make that representative keeping it real culture. You kept it real all the way real to your destruction. And everything that came from that was that. And then your whole life going back to that, you have to look at that and say, well, damn, I was misled. Nobody wanted to take that L. You don't want to take that L. Then you, sit, you look, just look at the people who actually were the artists and they'll tell you they were acting the whole time. Matter of fact, they became the best actors of our time. And they knew they were acting. They knew they were acting the whole time, but you didn't. You thought it was real. And then you made that part of your life. Many people are in jail today because of that. They, they kept it real. But it is what it is. Listen, dude, you can be mad at me. <laughs> you can be mad at me. Listen, I accept it, and I can and still enjoy these artists, 
these artists. I can still enjoy what they do as talent. And I can still enjoy it when I want to let my hair down, if you will. But to keep it real and make it real and make my life that is actually not smart. But I will be told that I'm the sellout because I don't act that way. And I'm not a real black. Matter of fact, white people will say I'm not real black man because I don't act like the actors that they saw pushed in front of them on MTV the last 25 years. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Think about that. White folks will come to me and say, you a sellout and you ain't really black. They'll take my black heart away because I'm not doing the shucking and jiving because I know what a mammy is in a sapphire and I won't date a sapphire. I'll date somebody other than a sapphire. I won't do what you want me to do and speak how you want me to speak. I won't code switch. But here I am. White folks will even say you ain't really black. Because I don't look like the blacks that have been pushed out in front of them. And I don't act like them. I don't speak like them. And so forth and so on. Mm. See, I know my whole life was a lie at some particular point, And I course corrected early enough. Can you? Or are you going to keep living the stereotype and complaining when it's used against you? Hmm? I don't want this. That's, that's real red pill. That's not red pill. That's not woman hate. This, this is red pill. You've entered the red pill zone. This is the real red pill. All right. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Kevin, the software tester says menstrual in reality shows like love and hip hop also explain why women all claim to own businesses, make six figures and have long weave and eyelashes. Hmm. Like, think about some of the people that, like, that. I can't watch those shows. Basketball, something, wives, and real housewives of orange. Um, Sapphire, uh, Nene, Nene Leaks, Nene Leaks. Nene Leaks is the Sapphire in the reality show. She plays the Sapphire, and many other characters play the Sapphire in those reality shows. You watch that. You consume that. Oh, girl, and you look, oh, boy. And what was the new Sapphire is going to be um, Blueface's girlfriend. Blueface's girlfriend is the new Sapphire. She's also the Jezebel. She's the new mix. Krishan, she's the new Sapphire. Nene Leakes was the Sapphire in reality shows. So was all of the other fighting bad girls clubs and all of these things. These are all. Hmm. Jack Vendetta, Lizzo's cakes look like a bag of dirty laundry. <laughs> oh, man. And the guys who saw this, somebody says, I saw this early in my life too. The guys who saw this and they actually said, I'm not going to represent these stereotypes and cock my hat and act like I'm going to beat somebody up. We actually course corrected and they called us soft and beta and sellouts. And it, it's sad what they did to these people. And these people are what W.E.B. Du Bois defined as the talented 10th. They defined these men who actually could see and actually tried to become talented, not through these means, basketball, rap, degradation. These people were called the talented 10th. And he said, we need to invest in the talented 10th in order for us to escalate as a people. But we invest in the debaucherous. We invest in the Jezebel. We invest in the degradation. We invest in the debauchery. 
<laughs> yeah, icy spicy. Where are we at? My stream is stuttering. You know why. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Somebody said I dye my beard. Why would I dye my beard gray? I would dye my beard black. Are you serious? Or are you just joking? <laughs> Why would I dye my beard gray? Everybody remember, if you've been watching me for a long time, you've seen my beard. I used to have a salt and pepper beard. It used to be salt and pepper. Now it's almost all salt. We're almost done. Now we at the three-hour mark. Uh, Jas- Jasperton says, don't forget WWE had the Mexicals. All right, who rode on lawnmowers for their intro. Wow, he says more of the world being Sapphire-like because of black women's influence. Yeah, um, even the Mexican uh, La Raza, Eddie Eddie Guerrero, that was another caricature. Uh, You also had the guys where they would come in with the bandanas, Conan. They would wear the bandanas like cholos. I mean, listen, professional wrestling is nothing but stereotypes for everybody, right? They had the biker gang, white trash biker gang. Then they had the Nation of Domination, which was the Nation of Islam on wrestling. And then they had uh, the the Boricuas, the Puerto Rican game. I mean, come on. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they've covered every particular, particular job industry or racial stereotype they could possibly do. And it's not just been one race. They've gotten everybody. they gotten everybody. They haven't gotten, there's not one p- group of people they haven't got. Maybe trans, but I think there's even a trans wrestler. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, DJ B Fit. He says, I'm behind on the stream, but coach, they hired a black woman to play an alien, wait, play an alien named Star Sapphire in DC Titans. Okay, I'm going to look that up real quick, just so you guys can see. Wow. Let me see your Star Sapphire. Our Sapphire. I'm looking it up. DC. Let's see. DC. I'm looking it up just so I can show you that this is nothing new under the sun. So she's a black character right here. Um, I'm going to pull her up on the screen so you guys can see here in a second. Um, Is she black? I can't really tell, but I'll pull her up on the screen here. But she looks like she could be. She's racially ambiguous or something like that. But Star Sapphire. Uh, and the DC, what is it called? Teen Titans or DC Titans? DC Titans. I'll put that in the see what they did. See what they did there. Um, this one, oh, I guess this would be the one here. I guess this would be the one that probably looks black, but I guess she was somewhere around there. Here she's white. There she's black right there. Star Sapphire. So when you hear these things, there. Oh, here we go. Right here. Here we go. Oh, racist fans attack actress and Diop. For playing the superhero Starfire. I'm not sure if that's her either. I'm not sure. But it's interesting. It's interesting that that is always there. It's Starfire. So it's Starfire. So it is Starfire. Okay. I put I pulled up Star Sapphire. There's a Star Sapphire here. There is a Star Sapphire there. All right. But okay. All right. Anyway. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Oh, somebody says Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah, even even white Italians. Brooklyn Brawler was an Italian dude from Brooklyn, from Bensonhurst. All right, so they've done everything professional wrestling. So shout out to you. Let me do. Um, let me do. 
make sure I cleared the deck because we're at the three hour mark right on the dot. We cleared it and we will be back for an hour. I can't tell you what time yet because I got something with my videographer later. I got a record of for uh, a vlog. But go subscribe to my other channels here, man. Appreciate the support. Thank you for the education. Like the stream. And if you have something to say about this show, please put it in the comment section. But be respectful. Agent Machine says, don't forget CGA. You got the Sapphire Strip Club in Vegas. Another one right there. The stat Sapphire. So this is all here. And it's spelled the same. S-A-P-P higher, right? So this is always in existence as well. Man, thank you for the knowledge, man. Thank you for presentation and the support. And let's get up out of here. Let's leave you with somebody. Who y'all want to be? Another Sapphire? Here we go right here. And we'll, we'll leave you with Sapphire characters right here. Man, if he loves you, he's going to understand that. But if you playing with a nigga who already got options, Coochie Gang's not going to work. Mm -mm. What will work with a guy who has so many options? Nothing. Uh, yeah. 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 And on <laughs>